evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. <clears throat> I almost, no joke. I'm in the I'm in the headspace right now. I almost defaulted back to some lag TV shit. I almost said good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nova Ward. The fuck, like I almost went full blown 2011. But we're back. It's Technical Alpha. It is Thursday, July the uh, the 12th. And can summer slow the fuck down for just like a hot second? Because I could have sworn I just looked outside the other day and it was still June. And now we're halfway through July. And I'm a little salty about that situation. You guys aren't hearing me? Oh, Jeff and Panic aren't hearing me. Okay. Give me a hot second. Why does this not surprise me? One sec. Can you hear me, Jeff? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. I just can't hear Adam. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. There we go. Thank God that was a quick fix. I would have. My body was not ready <laughs> to, to go through some sort of crazy fix. But yeah, I was. I was saying you guys probably didn't obviously didn't hear me. I said I almost defaulted into. Some lag TV shit when I first started. I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I almost dumped into this is Nova War. I was fucking uh. slid right back into that. I was, whoa. Shivers and shit. Demons coming up on me. PTSD. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's another technical alpha. And uh, this might be the the second, not first, because we had one where we where we winged. Jeff and I winged the entire podcast. This is the closest to winging a podcast we've had in a hot minute. Uh, I, um, horribly misjudged how long it was going to take me to finalize setting up my office. Cause Joel and I finally got to like mount my speakers and my lights and all that, uh, all that stuff. And so I was setting up my consoles and things that haven't been done yet. Uh, but before I did that, I was like, oh, it's only going to take me like two hours to finish it up. And so I got stuck in a, in a, in a meme video loop on YouTube for like a good solid, I don't know, two hours of my afternoon watching like Penn and Teller uh, Fool Us or whatever the hell that show is called. I can't remember. Whatever. I watched like one video and I was like, man, that guy just blew my mind. And then I watched like 90. And so uh, I kind of... <laughs> what <laughs> is your life? Chewed up my afternoon. Well, I got back from I got back from uh, the chiropractor and I, I did a couple things, a couple things around the house. And then I just sat down and ate lunch. And then I got so, like, while I was eating, I was watching these videos and I got sucked into a horrible, horrible YouTube portal that, uh, look, all right. I never I, got I go of. to work. I wake up, I go to work. I sit at my desk. I do work and I watch meme videos at work. Okay. <laughs> I can't watch meme videos while we're on this podcast though is the problem. How did you manage to Wanna get a bet? <laughs> I'm going to watch well, meme videos right now. You can, well, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I shouldn't have said you can't. It's more like, uh, it's, it's. Yeah, it would be more difficult for 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 me to to pull it off. I gotta move your camera down for some reason. What happened there? Uh, okay, while I do that, before I do that, let's uh, let's start the first topic so that we can have you guys talking while I'm fixing the stuff that's happening on screen. Um, or before we even do the first topic, Mr. Black, welcome back. You're alive. You survived yeah, alive. another. I'm, you survived another trip to Vegas. Um. Um. Paying the price now, though, so I'm, I'm, ah, sick. I'm getting oh. sick now. I'm sneezing, sore throat, sore, and you know, you, you caught you caught the the airplane AIDS. That's that, what it is. It's definitely <laughs> from the airplane. The classic airplane AIDS is the worst. Did you did you hear anyone on the plane that yeah. was? Uh, yeah. that's even worse because then you know, and you I have to you have to come to like, you have to like come to terms with the fact that like I'm on board. Somebody on this plane sick, and now my ass is. 
Guaranteed. And they cycle this air like 40 times an hour. Yeah, exactly. More than that. Exactly. I'm going to die. Uh, I gotta do this. Not very much. Yeah. Well, that's other than that, and and of course, abiding by the rules of what happens in Vegas stays in Ve- Vegas. Was it a good time? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Mr. Miyagi was there. Scream was there. Make It Wayne was there. Uh, one of Scream's buddies was there. So it was a good time. Awesome. Um, yeah, came home with some money this time. I mean, I I didn't come home up, but I came home with some money. I went with like two grand, and I came home with like thirteen hundred. So really wasn't all that bad and i paid 400 and something dollars for ufc tickets so i mean how, it really and how much and how much of that was thanks to francis and ganu pretending to know how to fight in the ring yeah that uh 375 of it actually <laughs> yeah that was one of the most painful fights i've ever watched in my in my entire life uh all i could think of was um was this has to be a setup because that was like a, a last minute put together, right? Because uh, the the original like welterweight or whatever looked sounded like he got hit by a car. No, no, was... no. It was no, no. It was uh th- that fight was always set up. Was it? it? Was I the, thought I thought it yeah. wasn't on this card until until no, the guy well, dropped out because he's had like a mad concussion or something. No, shit. no, no. This is like that. That was complete. That was Ortega and uh, uh, Max Holloway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally different weight class. I mean, the Francis Ngannou and Derek oh, I thought Lewis they just swapped that in because they needed a co-main event. No, 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 no. So that no, was always was, there. It, yeah, it was the third fight. It wasn't It wasn't supposed to be the co-main. Oh, they okay. They just bumped it up to co-main because the other fight oh, didn't happen. And they okay. didn't have a replacement. All right, I got you, I got you, I got you. All right, well, that, that takes away my thought process because my thought process was originally, if this was just just thrown in last minute for this backup... Uh, and they want both one or both of, and more likely Ngannou to be able to fight again really soon, then they can't afford to have no, two dudes beat it. each other up. Because it was funny, at the first bell to hear, uh, at the end of the first round to hear the uh, the other guy, was his Derek uh, something? Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. Uh, he was like, my back, telling his yeah, corner, his, my back. His back is, his back is fucked. Like, Which he's had been problems, yeah, yeah, in the past. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, I was like, all right, that's shit. And it was just funny. His corner was like, suck it the fuck up. It's time to go fight. And Derek was like, uh. and he went out there and he tried, but he definitely couldn't. Yeah, his back was blown. His back was blown. And yeah, it got to the point where he couldn't even sit down in his corner. He had to like stay standing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, but Angano yeah. literally threw almost nothing. Yeah, it was bad. It was <laughs> it was really really bad. I mean, Francis got his ass whooped by Miocic the last fight, and he, he looked scared? out of shape in that fight. And then this fight, he looked like he was the most incredible shape ever. I was like, oh fuck! I was expecting and some I, crazy I put, shit. I put him. I put a hundred dollars on Lewis. I'm like, you know what? It's dumb money. Well, if he wins, <laughs> I'm gonna get like three to three point something to one. And uh, and Francis just like he was scared out there. Like he was scared to throw. He was scared to maybe get gassed. I don't know what his thing was, but he was fighting some sort of inner demon. But he got, he basically, it was weird, man. Herb Dean stopped him at one point and like told him, you guys need to fight. The whole crowd, dude, it was amazing. I got videos on my iPhone I got to show you. But we, our section started the wave. Yeah, yeah. And the whole, and the whole, there were 17,000 people sold out. And the wave just went around in circles like five times. <laughs> and it sounded like, and even Derek Lewis said it in an interview, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, he said it sounded like there was surround sound happening. Because oh, it was like you no. hear like a cheer, like ah, oh, 
And it was like, and then everybody in the audience put up their cell phones and put the light on, and it looked like a fucking like Michael Jackson I concert after that. he was I singing like Earth Song. Everyone's and everybody it. was just like, it was, dude. It looked amazing. The crowd made that fight. Like it was, it, people were yelling profanity and just crazy. It was amazing. It was That's amazing. Awesome. So it was a good time. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, so you, you survived. You got home. Aside from the uh, airplane aids panic, how are you doing? I realized it was Thursday today at about 7.15. Been a, uh, it's, been, it's been a week. We've had, uh, we've had a lot of uh, interesting, interesting topics happen that we'll be probably also discussing on the podcast, much to my chagrin. Unfortunately, we can't release the podcast notes, which Adam has seen and commented on. I mean, technically speaking, I y'all could. are in for a show. We could. I okay. could. I could just okay. pull these down. I don't know. Right what, I don't know. I just show up and I'm covering and... up Jeff's face right now. So Jeff, if you want to just get naked real quick, you guys, you get okay. a hot second. All right. Um, you can see right here we're going to talk about the arena net firings, and then Panic loses his mind about the fact that he just spent 40 minutes writing a scathing letter to Forbes about the trash article they wrote. He said, I want some happy sunshine, motherfucker. And I responded with, I'll smile when I shit on her. So there you go. That's in my, in my defense. I started with a please God. No, that's which is fair. That's that's perfectly fair. Civilly. That's perfectly fair. But yeah, it's uh, it's that was quite a oh, God, I see <laughs> I'm covering up <laughs> I'm, this whole overlay is so fucked right now. I'll fix it up. Um, yeah, uh, but we'll we'll be covering that because it is it is without question. Oh, relevant. The hottest topic of the week for gaming, for sure, unfortunately. But before we get to that point, let's start, let's, let's, you know, slow ball, you know, a little soft, softball, underhand pitch, T-ball even. Uh, we've got Octopath Traveler coming out tomorrow. It's already getting reviewed because the embargo is uh, lifted. It is tomorrow. Yes, like oh, I said. shit, if, I gotta order that. If the summer could just slow the fuck right down it would be really nice uh um, i didn't think that was like for another two weeks or something <laughs> like i yeah, got time yeah you wish uh that's tomorrow that's why i finished zelda this week i popped it on to try and get it done so that i could move on um that is like the game i've been waiting for for the switch for a while and the good news is despite the fact that i always say the early reviews are not something that you should pay too close attention to uh the early reviews are quite good in general for it I've seen as high as like 9.3. So, yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Jeff, you're going to pick that up as well at some point. You're probably not a day one purchase, but you're going to pick it up at some point. Yeah, I'll pick it up. I I don't know. I might pick it up tomorrow. I kind of need a break from Realm anyway, so I might Mm. pick it up tomorrow. They did the, um, yeah, these guys, um, for the viewers who don't know, this, uh, uh, these guys did like bravely default and bravely second on the 3ds. Um, yes. they're under Square Enix, but they pretty much made like the most Final Fantasy game that wasn't named Final Fantasy um, in a very long for, like, time. Yeah, for the old school games. So like, we were, everyone was kind of hoping that, and we talked about this past in the past in the podcast, but everyone was kind of hoping that we would get like a bravely something on the Switch because it seemed like a good platform for it, and. We're not getting anything in that line, but we're getting Octopath Traveler, which apparently looks really cool for like the retro RPG vibe. If you like the SNES yeah. stuff, this all I be needed, sick. all I needed was after I saw it in E3, uh, yeah. E3, I think two years ago, when I saw the visuals, is I, 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 I thought to myself, as long as the game can even marginally live up to the visuals, 
I'm going to be a happy camper because it just I've looks been reading so, that there's so like good issues with some of like the way they did the art and the way they kind of did the sprite work in the Unreal Engine with like some weird jaggies and like outlining and stuff. But they said it doesn't really take away too much, but there will be times where you kind of notice it in a weird way. But I guess that's kind of to be expected when you try to like push <coughs> the art envelope. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's perfectly fair, but otherwise, yeah, no, so that's going to be tomorrow, which will, uh, hopefully I'll be able to hop on that and give her a rip tomorrow right off, right off the bat. I'm just going to buy it on the, on the store and hope it doesn't take forever to download because Nintendo's... I'm going to go to EB and buy the game. That's also probably not a bad, didn't maybe you, I'll just... Did you have, yeah, you have problems that. with that, man? Yeah, exactly. They're going to charge me an extra 10 bucks. <laughs> um, the Switch store has been pretty good for me, at least in the States. Um, most, I actually only own like two cartridges, everything else I bought on the Switch. So I don't think you'll have too much of a bad time. Yeah, I'll probably. Uh, I, I, I should collect probably games still. anyway. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm, for you, that I, makes I, sense, I just, Jeff. Yeah, I got all my games. <laughs> I'm just going to see yeah, if uh, Amazon can deliver this to me tomorrow. Uh, outside of that, we also had Darksiders 3 had a surprise announcement for its release date here a couple days ago. And, when is it? Uh, uh, it is in the fall sometime. Um, and I don't want to conflate it with other, with other ones in the fall. So let's just make sure that we get dish november 27th uh, i thought so was, i was gonna say november like 17th it's november 27th uh and on top of that they've got a slew of versions of the game they're following the ubisoft model of put everything in there forever um and who's doing got, uh, who, like who's the publisher behind them now because i know they were like they used to be thq but they died uh well gunfire games is what oh, they're the, developing it oh it is, is still is to, oh part of thq yeah. is alive yes still yeah. thq All right. yeah so they got the standard uh they have a standard collector's edition which will run 149 dollars and come with the game a steel book case an art book the soundtrack cosmetic dlc and an 11 inch fury statue and fury is the uh main character of this one we had war we had um what was the second game? Uh, War was the first game. Second game was something. Anyway, we're on to we're on to Fury now, and she's a chick, uh, and she's all the the whips and chains and and angry, as you would imagine, with the name Fury, the 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 the, the god of, of Fury, essentially. Uh, and then there's a even further up the ladder beyond that. So if one statue isn't enough for you, and you're thinking to yourself. You know, it's nice to have one, but I just want to fill an entire bookshelf with Darksiders-related memorabilia. They have a uh, collection for you. It's called the Apocalypse Edition, and it's going to run you $399 U.S. This premium edition will come with three extra 11-inch statues featuring Death. Oh, yeah, the second game was Death. So Death, War, uh, and Vulgrim. And Vulgrim was a... um, uh, another main character from the game. Not one that you played, but a, a main NPC. Uh, Vulgrim the Shopkeeper. Uh, as well as the uh, Four Horsemen Amulet and a 30-inch by 40-inch wall scroll. Uh, and the Apocalypse Edition also comes with the standard Collector's Edition items. So you get four statues, everything that came with the standard Collector's Edition, uh, the 30 by 40 wall scroll, and I don't know, maybe they... Make you dinner for like a week or some you gotta shit. I really love Dark Souls for that one. Holy shit. Where are you going to put all that stuff? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if you're thinking to yourself, I could really fill an entire like bookshelf with uh, with Darksiders material, then they have a collection for you, and that, that's that's what it is. Um, I took a look at the statues. They don't look that bad. They don't look amazing, but they don't look that bad. Uh, but you know, you you get what you're paid for. If you're getting all of that for four hundred, and you think like really good statues are going to run you between two and three hundred on a good day to begin with. Having four for less than a hundred dollars a piece is going only going to, going to only get you so far. Uh, but uh, they don't look bad, and I don't know who who's going to take them up on that offer. But uh, it's there anyway <laughs> for those who want it. Uh, I'm I liked Darksiders quite a bit. I played. Oh, I, I love the games. The games I played one well and done. two. I thought they're really well done. They had a uh, when THQ was salvaged and they were redoing some of their old games or updating it to give incentivize. Yeah, the the War Master editions of 4K, the whole nine yards. The games look great. They play great. Really good action, uh, um, action combat games. It's it's if you liked if you liked core Zelda in terms of how the game plays out. So dungeons and and light puzzling and then action combat, but obviously far more this is before like all the Arkham stuff came. So yeah, this it's is kind of like a pure style combat, which I really liked about yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, it all it all plays really well, and I would I would recommend it to anyone. I'm sure some people picked up um, the it's games. Good one to pick up on sale. sale. Yeah, exactly. Definitely worth picking up uh, for sure. So yeah, there you go. Dark Siders three. Jeff, did you ever play any of the Dark Siders? No. no, no. If you get bored one day, it's not it's not a bad pickup. You you probably I know you don't like Zelda, but if you painted it the way that this game does, you probably wouldn't hate it too much. It's pretty good. The action is pretty good. You do feel like a, a certified badass a lot of the time when you're playing the games, which is, uh, which is noise. Uh, other than that, what other softballs do we have here? Panic threw out the Culling 2 launches, which apparently redefines launch failures. I don't know anything about this. I haven't so, read anything about it, so uh, I'm going to hand this over to Panic to tell me why. Why is it that it is redefining launch failures? Because we've had some pretty spectacular launch failures, so I need to know. All right, so um, The Culling 1 came out in 2016 before Battle Royale games really were a thing. It was um, hailed as a 16-person Hunger Games-style game with, you know, shooting and pretty actually well done, like, melee combat. Like, it, it kind of made a niche on Twitch, and it did pretty well for people because it was like a small-scale Battle Royale. Um, and it has some players today, you know, it peaked at around 12,000, 13,000 concurrence on Steam, you know, at its speak and it did fairly well um then they announced the calling two which actually apparently came out a couple of days ago which um one no one really knew about and um two they pretty much cashed in on the whole battle royale thing so they were doing like a 50 person scale up of their mechanics and um it's doing so well that i'm going to pull up the number of concurrent players right now um, for the culling and we're going to uh we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this number um as of the 24 hour peak uh from yesterday to today there are seven players with an all-time peak of 249 people Jeez, sounds and like my stream as of one hour ago there is one person playing the game. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> profits. Whoa. Hold on, hold on. Dirty profits. 
did you just say there were seven people and then there was at one point today one person no as of an hour ago there's only one person playing a single person that could have been a dev for god's sake the seven people could have been devs (laughs) now you're telling me you're telling me i might have overplayed the redefining launch failures but do you do you kind of get where i'm coming from on this one so is everyone just playing the calling one? I'm confused. I, I've never seen a game launch and only have one person fucking play. That's, that's like, I'm pretty sure if I released my RPG, we'd have more than one person yes. play that game. Yes. Now, bro, the calling one as of 18 minutes ago, it's not doing so hot either. But for a 16 person game, having 12 people, not so bad. As a peak of 21 people for the past 24 hours. Jesus. So what you're telling me is they probably shouldn't have tried to create a sequel. Um, yeah, like again, like it, like critically, it caught on and people really liked it. But it's it's like evolve oh, or those. It's like evolve or those. Uh, it's like evolve in those other games where people are like this game is fucking awesome. I'm gonna play this full time, and then they don't play it after like the first couple of days, and they never see it again. That's actually one of the most depressing things I think I've heard in a while. Yeah, the, the culling the culling had an all time peak of like almost thirteen thousand people simultaneously playing it, which you know. Well, the culling did have like a short stint on Twitch at being yeah. relatively popular, and so I'm yeah. going to assume there's a pretty big you know correlation between yeah. when it was doing well on Twitch and when it hit thirteen thousand people. Yeah, um, it was right at the beginning. My question is: Was the one person playing it streaming? <laughs> The devs did give out codes, and I saw a bunch of people tweeting out like, "Yo, guys, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I can't play this game, even though you gave me the code. It's I don't oh, want to bash it. You know what on. I can't wait for? I can't wait for the calling three. I'm sure that's <laughs> going to be great. I'm sure it's already in production. <laughs> the calling three. So can we can we deem this a launch failure that has redefined failing launch? I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's considered a launch failure. I just think it's just a fail. Like the game just failed. Just, like it, it, it did it exploded launch failures, on the launch pad. I think launch failures. I think like you know, uh, like a game that you can't even download or like you can't get in or it's bricked or like or the or know. like the games the games that um, use like. Uh, or, or they use the excuse, you know, they, they know, or they should know that when they release this game, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And then they release the game and the servers are dead for like three fucking months. And they're like, we just never you know, expected that there would be this many people that would play our game. You're like, motherfucker, you're talking about like battlefield or something. Like it's some game that 10, 15 million people are going to try and blow up your servers. And they're like, no, we yeah. just never expected that it would happen. And then uh, you're like, all right, no, that's that's not an excuse anymore. Either way, that sucks. Sour. I just said the calling two player count drops to two people oh just my. days after launch. Oh, that's, it isn't shaping up to be the next Battle Royale hit. That's no, just not. That just hurt my soul. Okay, Somebody got fired. So, <laughs> yeah. the whole, somebody? I'm thinking the entire yeah. dev team. <laughs> boys we're betting it all on this game we're going all in i kind of feel bad because imagine that you had an entire dev team that was getting paid to like make this game and it releases and this is the like this is what happens it's depressing all reviews very negative oh my god um all right do we have any other uh slow pitches here we're gonna we're gonna save the real gnarly shit um Oh, here we go. Epic Games throwing uh, money at asset makers. All right, this is another panic special. I'm going to assume this is 
This is Fortnite thinking we need to just have like the map change once every three months. Oh, and we no, need this to- is... This is related to Fortnite, but okay. um, so Epic, obviously, everyone knows they do Unreal Engine, and they have like the whole big thing where they license the Unreal Engine out to developers. Um, recently, we've been seeing companies like Bethesda and all these others trying to monetize modding or bring people in from the outside to develop content for the engine or for things that other people can use. Um, for Unreal and Epic, that makes a lot more sense because you have the Unreal Engine and then they have the store where you can buy models and you can you know, buy terrain. You can buy all these things that you would put into your games that you would make on the engine. Um, so Epic was monetizing it like everyone else, you know, the 70-30 split um, between the creator and Epic. Um, they came out and said straight up, Fortnite is doing so well that we're just going to change the split to um, 88-12. What? And this is the crazy part. They said, um, we're just going to go back and retroactively pay everyone for the past four years, you know, any difference in rate. So not only guys get, they got so much money, they actually are just, they're, they're, they're looking uh, for places to spend it needlessly. Yeah, it's not even needlessly. Like effectively, they had a lot of content creators. Like there, there were content creators who did stuff for Paragon and all the other asset engine stuff. Well, sure, so it's great but for when them. You have a board like, meeting, and somebody yeah. suggests it's one thing to suggest to suggest yeah. we're doing so well <laughs> that we're going to change our split to eighty eight twelve, and everyone pats Bob on the back, and they all go get some. Yeah, donuts. you know what? Fuck our shareholders. Yeah, let's give that money out. And then it's another thing entirely for Bob to stand up at the boardroom meeting and say, but wait, there's more. We're also going to retroactively pay everyone with that exact same new split all the way back to God knows when. And then everyone at the boardroom apparently still patted Bob on the back because they didn't give a fuck and they were going to go buy some expensive donuts. They pretty well, much everybody said, at that board is filthy rich from Fortnite. So at <laughs> yeah, this point, they're like, you know what? Give it to the peasants, man. Fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? This is going to be our charitable donations. This is my 10% that I have to give in the name of Jesus. I don't know. I don't know who the hell they killed to make Fortnite. And now they're just taking this blood money and trying to make it fucking feel good. But Jesus, come on. Come on, Epic. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because they have no, to compete. No, it's not against- a bad thing, but it's fucking no. stupid. <laughs> they got to compete against Unity, so this is like just their way of kind of like just raising the middle finger to Unity, being like, "Hey, we got the money now, bitches." Talk because, about like, fucking- they could just buy Unity. They could just say, "You know what? I think I'm going to buy Unity and burn it, and then I'll just you know everyone's going to be forced to use the that's, Unreal." That's going to be that's going to be next month, Jeff. They need to let everyone kind of soak in the developer money, Jesus, and then they're just going to let Unity. On I fire. can't wait until we see the end of your filings for epic because oh the the I, I think i think there's a lot of very interested people in just how much money in the, in this billions like, just billions. year that they're billions. making and just gonna look make, from when they they're introduced gonna make grand theft auto 5 one of our uh, like one of fucking our, like like a shit tier game one of our viewers has actually informed us who epic killed uh they killed cliffy b oh, oh. murdered cliff <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Cliffy needed any help with that, but if they uh, if they wanted to, then yes, they absolutely did, without question. Uh, poor Cliffy, I still see him post randomly on Twitter, and it's like it's always the saddest shit. Uh, it's just depressing. Now I, I don't know why I'm still following him. I don't need that. Uh, I already have enough depressing shit in my timeline. I don't need Cliffy B coming <laughs> oh on God. having a midlife crisis every time I turn on Twitter. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, I guess. Congratulations to the content creators for the Epic Engine because you're now making basically almost, uh, what, 30% more 
for just almost nothing. Congrats. Just, just doing nice what you're doing, bonus man. check. Yeah, in the mail. what you're doing. You keep just doing you it. just keep making cash registers and coffee machines Epic and all the other shit. Epic is making so much money that they gave everybody refunds back for Paragon. <laughs> Didn't even give a fuck. Just gave everybody. You know what? Whatever that two hundred dollars you spent two years ago, we'll give it. We're just gonna give it back to you. We're gonna give it, and now we're just gonna give devs money. We're gonna retroactive pay these fuckers. Just throw well, it around. Like, been, just throw Epic's, their dick around. Epic's Epic Epic's always been privately held. So and they've been doing games since the eighties. So like. A lot of them are old guard. They already had their money, so they actually, a lot of them, they kind of do do it for the passion. So the fact that they got their game, I think well, they're pretty excited. Well, if they excited. don't do it for the passion, they are, they are making it, they're making people think they do it for the passion. Yeah. They're doing something a good job. Tells me, something tells me there's more to this than meets the eye. There's got to be some you, sort it's of a market strategic, share thing. It's a yeah, market well, share thing. Yeah, it could be a market share thing. There's a reason for it. They're not just going to give out free money for the sake of giving out charity. They're not just so, walking down the street throwing money at hobos. Yeah. They're not. There's, they're not, so, oh, there's yeah. something going on. Yeah, they're definitely doing. They're definitely doing something. Uh, and it, I mean, it, it is most likely that they're just trying to steal as many content creators from other engine spaces as they can and just yeah, soak and them up. Unreal Engine being free to free to use, and then they collect royalties on it. It kind of makes sense. It's just crazy. Yeah, like why would you go anywhere else right now if you're free to use yeah. and you're going to collect royalties? Like why? Why would you ever do yep. that? Yep. Um, all right. What else we got here? Let's see. We've got. All right. I'm gonna. I toss this one down just just to give us a little extra padding before we land into the nuclear hot zone uh, that is the arena net firings. Uh, and I just wanted to pose this question to you guys because you guys are more interested in it than I am, and and we we seem to be in like this kind of awkward lull. We didn't really see a a dramatic amount. Uh, at E3 uh, about VR stuff, and I'm just I just wanted to ask a question to you guys: Do you think VR is making it through this downturn, or did VR have its have its you know its its shot, and now devs are just not paying much attention to the the platform anymore? Yes. <laughs> Elaborate. Um, no, I mean VR is uh, it, it's one of those techs that comes and goes. Like you'll see a big VR push every couple of years. Like we saw it in the '80s, we saw it in the '90s, we saw it again recently. Um, this most like past year or two has been like a big boon for it. We've seen a lot of cool stuff come out of it. I think it's going to go away for you know maybe another year or two or three, but we'll see it come back when um, they kind of pushed it too far, where the processing power wasn't quite there. And the tech wasn't quite there for everyone to enjoy it. Like the headsets are just a little too heavy. The screen door effect is just a little too much. The wires are just a little too annoying. So I feel like they're going to be like, okay, let's see if we can get the wireless stuff working better. Let's see if we can get rid of the screen door effect. And let's see if we can get rid of the wires and like, you know, the weight of it and bring it down with the new tech. If they can do that, I feel like VR is going to, you know, do really well. I love my Oculus Go. I use this actually a lot more than the Vive, even though the Vive can do a lot more. Just for like consuming content and some stuff, this thing's pretty cool. So, you know, I feel like there's a place for it. And I think in the next, you know, maybe two or three years when they kind of dial the tech in and, you know, come up with ways to make it a little bit more user friendly, we'll see it come back. Okay, what do you think, Mr. Black? Do you think that we're actually going to see a comeback with VR, or do you think that uh, we peaked at Resident Evil 7 and now we're just going downhill faster than, I don't know, an old man rolling down <laughs> after breaking a hip? 
Uh, well, I do think we peaked That's at Resident Evil 7. That's a terrible analogy. Where was I going with that? Anyway, continue. We definitely peaked at Resident Evil 7 uh, for gaming, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, they gave a big push for VR, and it had some marginal success. Um, I think it did what it needed to do in the first sort of push of the real push of VR. I mean, VR has been around for a while, but it was really only for devs and people that really want to take an Oculus and know how to like fucking read code and uh, hook different things up and download patches and fucking. It was a lot of work. And uh, it was a night. It was a nightmare. Right. So there was like maybe a few hundred people out there that actually went ahead and bought an Oculus and did that. It was mainly for devs to, to create games and, and that. So I think like, for the first generation of VR, because I think that we can pretty much call it first generation, maybe second version of VR if you really want to push it. But the first real generation of VR for first consoles, viable version, first viable. I think it did its. I think it did its thing. I think uh, the VR so- sold relatively well in comparison to uh, how many consoles are out there. Um, it is a niche thing. Panic was right. They're they're heavy. They're uncomfortable. I mean, I did a ten hour session with one. You had and, like a headache for like two days after. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, my neck was cramped, headaches, fucking. I, it got to the point where I wanted the game to end because I just wanted to take the damn headset off. But I also love the game. I want to keep playing the game. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that they need to perfect the tech. They got the proof of concept is out there. It's done. Um, there's still some great VR games out there. I mean, there's some really cool VR experiences on the console. Even there's some downloadable games on the PS Store that there's some fun games to be had. Um, I still think we are another generation away before uh, either devs are going to really want to start implementing it a lot more or um, it's going to be or just until people are okay with it. Like, and it's still expensive. Like there is. So, like, Kayla can't even put the damn headset on. She gets motion sickness. So, I mean, <laughs> you're dealing with people. There's, like, it's still always going to be a niche. I don't think Some VR is ever going to people have a violent reaction sell. to it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, VR isn't going to sell to the point where, all right, th- there's four of us here. I don't even think VR is going to get to the point where one of four of us are going to buy it, right? I, I think that it's going to be more of maybe one in six, one in ten consoles of VR will be sold um, or maybe one in four will own a VR, but I'm not sure how many games will actually be sold. It might be for a specific experience. Uh, maybe maybe there's a, a mist that comes out, and Adam's like, "Fuck, I got to experience this in a VR." So I will only go and spend a couple of hundred bucks to get, get a, a lot of it for like the experience gamers or the experience places. Like you'll see them for um, certain arcades will pick it up, or there'll be places that will have VR and like more of a professional like setting where you'll go and do yeah. something there yeah. um and I, I think the other place where it's going to pick up are sim gamers yeah so like flight sims and all of that stuff i think you're going to pick up vr because right now a lot of the flight tech is you have to set up these giant bubble domes that have screen projection or like a ton of monitors and stuff it's a lot easier to just do that on like a vr headset yeah. Um, and if they can work out a way so just like so you can see and manage your controls and stuff, I yeah. feel like it's gonna be super popular with like the flight sim people, the racing sim people. Hell, when I, I played I got the Vive and stuff for freaking Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous, and it's still really hard to convey to someone how awesome it is to do like a space combat sim in VR. 
because it fixes a lot of like the motion sickness problems because if you're sitting in like a plane cockpit or something, you're expected to be sitting still and you know, you're literally just having to look around and, you know, move your joystick and stuff. So it fits the niche really well. So I, I figure it's going to be huge for that. Yeah. And also VR uh, we'll porn, see. obviously. I think, yeah. I think, I think augmented reality is going to be, is going to make a push, um, in the next, next generation consoles. I think we're going to start to see more of that. Has anyone um, actually used a HoloLens in person? Like I hear everyone talk about how amazing it is, but nah, I've never I actually haven't. seen one in the wild. No, I I just think no. VR. I think VR is just it's a niche thing. I, I think it's always going to remain a niche thing, and I think VR is is going to be more for non-video games than video games. Um, I think we're going to just see it a lot more in everyday stuff, like just going to um, a furniture store and just kind of seeing what your house would look like with certain furniture on, or you know the. Just you know, experiences like thrill rides and and things like that. I think that VR is more suited for that. I love me a good VR game, um, especially Resident Evil. I'm, I absolutely love that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think I, I I don't even know if it's gonna make a serious push in the next generation consoles. Honestly, I think it's gonna be the same. Just thing. gonna get like like incrementally better, but not. It'll get a little really bit better. There. It'll get a little bit better until the point where they really need. Something that's wireless. They need something that it doesn't hurt your neck. Yeah. And they need something that's affordable. Like, they cannot be charging a console price for VR and ha- and expect the masses to buy it. There'll always be us that'll buy it because we're techies and we can afford to throw a couple extra bucks on something. But for everyday people that are already struggling to buy, you know, one game every six months, it's hard to also then buy a a VR game, especially when there's not that many VR games out. They even worth playing. It's like shit, you know. And most of the games that you can play, you can play them in non VR mode as well. So it's it's really just an experience thing. I think it's going to remain that way for quite some time. And it's not showing like any major improvements around the corner. Yeah, the uh, it's just I I agree. I I don't think the next generation is going to do much. I think I think uh, I think the reason why it works in the capacity that that uh, you were talking about jeff in terms of of like let's say you know furniture store or like attractions and stuff like you guys were talking about like where it can be set up professionally it the 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 setup for it is perfected so that you know you're going to get the best possible experience is going to work as it should they can run much more powerful systems there. Every, like that kind of setup. There, I, I, I think all of that stuff just ends up pointing at all the the hurdles that they have to kind of get over right now with VR, which is the how much power it takes to run them. And that's in their current form. They still need better resolution and higher yeah. frame rates. Uh, yeah. We're struggling to get that off the ground as it stands right now. So the amount of power uh, required is huge. Um, the, because of where the technology is right now to get that kind of screen, to get that kind of, uh, of stuff, uh, sorted out and to be able to manufacture it on any kind of scale, it just runs the cost up dramatically. Um, then the, the real big issues with that is that, is that the, even if you do get better equipment, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be lighter at first. It's going to sometimes be heavier. So, mm-hmm. In Jeff's case, talking about playing Resident Evil, and I mean, there's not that many people going to be batshit enough to play 10 hours of VR straight, but even if you play it for like an hour or two hours, depending on how strong your neck is, these headsets 
are front heavy, top heavy. Yeah, like they're exactly. all they're they're hanging off, and you're and you're mm. forced to use those. Yeah, you know the muscles, you know your spinal and uh, erectors that come up and meet at the back of your neck, all the way up to the top of your head, and you'll get massive tension headaches if you're constantly propping your head up uh, like that, which is what Jeff would have experienced after ten straight hours on yeah. that bad boy. Um, and that's going to be, uh, I think, I think one of their biggest hurdles. But they all, but like, how do they tackle that? Because right now they have, you know, uh, they have to have a one size fits all. So bands have to be involved to to a degree. Right here. Right? This thing is awesome because it's like it's a lot of fabric, a lot of light plastic, and some very lightweight straps. Yeah, and you gotta and you gotta run with that, but ideally you wouldn't even have to go with that. Ideally you'd be <laughs> able to figure glasses. out a way to just have um ideally you'd Almost have a helmet. Like goggles. <laughs> you'd have, ideally you'd have, like literally have a fucking helmet. Because at the point of the helmet, um the weight is evenly distributed across your entire head. And then you're not necessarily using so specifically the two muscles at the back of your neck to try and hold your head up the whole time because it's across your entire head. It's like wearing a bicycle helmet. Um, it's The weight is coming kind of more straight down instead of shearing uh, force uh, off the front of your head. So they've, they've got uh, that to contend with. And then, like Jeff also mentioned... You had to be with the vibe, and even still to this day, you have to be a borderline fucking rocket scientist to get the the, the cameras in the right place. You're putting holes in walls, and hanging almost, them up. Uh, I almost fell out of my ten story window, <laughs> putting up one of the towers. There's one literally sitting right up there, and you guys can actually might be able to. See yeah, you can see the cable for it. So like, yeah. it's it, like there's a lot of there's too much. It's too much. There's a lot. There's a lot that yeah. goes into it. It there, took me a couple hours to set up. Like the the proposition as a buyer, it, like the the people that are are going to want to do that. Just there's not that many. So you're. In order to get mass adoption, the price has to come way down. The technology has to be way better. Uh, and has to be way fucking lighter to put on your head. Uh, and then, maybe... Plus, if, we need games. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's the that. next... That was my next yes. point. And then, maybe, if devs take the risk of, put, of going out of their way to make a game for VR, then you have that last hurdle. So there's just so... For the gaming segment anyway, because like Jeff said and, and Panic was say, uh, saying as well, there are other applications in games for VR that make more sense uh, and are probably more economically feasible for people spending the time and effort to make it happen. But in the gaming segment, like the risk that you take going out of your way to make a VR game is just bonkers. It's too much. Uh, and there's just so many hurdles. So I agree with, with, with Jeff in that the uh, next generation might get a little better. And maybe they, maybe the market penetration is ever so slightly <laughs> improved. Uh, but uh, I'm going to keep standing by my point that I made. I don't. Did we talk? We probably talked about this on the podcast almost at the beginning when we started this podcast. Uh, when we talked about uh, augmented reality versus virtual reality, and I talked about it on my stream several times over the years. I'm I am still firmly in the camp that augmented reality is going to overtake. VR for almost every purpose before VR gets to a point that they can actually be used mass market. VR is eventually going to, I think, get relegated to simulation and, you know, extreme immersion experiences. Um, You know, maybe a decade down the line when, 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 when we can get to the like sword art level shit. Yeah. Um, AR is going to be a lot more common because Jeff actually raised a really good one. You want to see a piece of furniture in your house? 
throw on a pair of goggles and walk around your house and have the thing project the image onto the goggles so you exactly. can see what that couch looks like in yep. your room with all the weird lighting you know like that sort of thing is going to be a killer application for someone who's just going around you'll see that shit in ikea where they'll be like oh hey just you know we'll send you these goggles and you can be like all right i want these pieces of furniture and then work it out that yeah, way you'll, you'll see just, shit like that just, just come take out pictures of, of your own house and they'll put it through a computer and you'll put on your goggles and you'll see what it looks like done i yeah. mean they Color already of the they walls, already shit they already have software that they'll do that, that in the cloud they already have yeah. software that interior designers use where they can take pictures and just flat out yeah. move and shift stuff into place to to basically use the existing uh, photo to show to the client what they're working with. So, I mean, th- I think that's definitely the way to go. But yeah, for sure. I think AR is just eventually going to uh, overtake. Because there's definitely an intersecting point between where does VR start and where does AR like end and and vice versa. I would love to see an AR thing for like tabletop gaming. Can you imagine AR Dungeons and Dragons or something? When people saw um, Microsoft do their their whole thing with Minecraft, Minecraft, the Minecraft uh, bit, Jeff, you probably remember that, I'm sure. That was fire. I I was never so sold on some shit. So fast as when I saw that, and I understand it was a demo, and I'm sure they're even more easily able to do that now because that was years ago that that happened. But can you imagine like Pokemon with that shit? Fire. Can you imagine tabletop RPGs? Absolute fire. There's you so just many... sit at a normal ass table and you look at the table and you it's don't done. need to have miniatures stuff. All the stuff is just there. It's like God no... tier for anyone who has no storage space. That's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. so yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of, uh, of opportunities there for sure. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, if you guys had to guess as to when VR might actually have its best shot, how many years out before VR has its best shot at, at actually penetrating the market beyond a bunch of people crazy enough to spend four hours drilling holes in the wall to mount cameras? Uh, eight years. Hmm. I'm going to say about 10 for VR, maybe four for AR. I could agree with ten, for sure. I think I think AR, I think a I think AR and VR are both around a decade out from being um, mass market usable. Um, maybe a little less for professional settings outside of the home, but I think they're probably both about a decade out. We're getting, especially as, uh, the way that the computer market has been going recently. The uh, uh, the ARM chips and uh, you know taking over the fucking world and and uh, AMD and Intel and a massive who can have more cores into a fucking chip war uh, just uh, the power for everything is is going up it doesn't necessarily mean it's getting smaller some of these chips that they're putting out are the size of a coaster but uh, but yeah I think it's going to take uh, a little bit of time but for sure I'm ready I'm I want I want to believe in VR and AR I want to be there. Uh, for sure. It would be great. I don't want to be 60 years old when it happens either, if possible. We could like speed <laughs> that shit up. That would be good. Um, well, unfortunately, we've reached the part of the episode where fire and brimstone just rains down from the heavens and we get to tackle this. Jeff, you were, I believe, in Vegas throughout this entire debacle. Uh, and so you uh, avoided the gong show. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have cared either way, but I don't even know what we're talking about. No, you probably no, you absolutely wouldn't have cared, but but it's it's likely a, a topic that uh, that you will enjoy 
giving your opinion on. I think it's going to okay. be one of those. Okay. <laughs> it's a, you wouldn't give a fuck if you saw it, but if somebody said, hey, Jeff, how stupid is this? You'd go, take a seat. Okay. <laughs> 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 Panic's already face down on his desk because he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's too bad. We're here. Uh, so, uh, ArenaNet, uh, it's that the Jeff, that's the company that did Guild Wars, for example, um, fired two employees here in the last week and a bit, uh, after a interesting series of events that ultimately played out in the majority on Twitter. Um, what happened was ArenaNet is, is... Very, they have a, a they have like a almost like a, a a company policy of 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 having a very open line of communication with their customers. So every time a major patch or or a patch releases for Guild Wars Two, for example, they have a big Reddit uh, AMA, and the devs go to this AMA for their respective departments whenever a question comes up, and they answer a bunch of questions. Um, and talk to the community and get feedback and all that stuff because it, it helps them make the game less shit uh, for the people that actually are playing the game. Uh, so that's been that way for quite some time. Like they've always been, uh, for, for quite some time anyway, I won't say always just in case I'm horribly wrong, but uh, for quite some time anyway, they've been very open and the devs have been uh, very active with the community for that reason. And uh, this one employee, of one of the two employees, she uh, was working as a narrative, I guess you could call her like a narrative director. Uh, she was on the writing team. She's on the writing team. And she was there for a year uh, to this point uh, at ArenaNet. She had had a previous job somewhere else. Uh, and coincidentally... She's been at other writing-heavy uh, companies. She's been at yeah. like Hairbrain Games and, or Hairbrain Games. All right, what started. happened? What happened? Yeah. Fuck! We're, get, we're getting there. I'm framing it. I'm framing it because it's good. Fuck, are you ever? You're fucking framing it and you're I'm fucking... framing I'm putting the siding on. I'm going to... You're doing it. everything. You're taping it, painting I'm going, it, fucking going packaging to the, it. the Swedish embassy to buy some furniture. Jesus. All right, so she, she writes... Uh, uh, I don't know if it was directly involved with the AMA or, or not, but uh, she had wrote um, for Reddit this post uh, describing her views of what it's like to try and write a um, an, an intriguing player character for an MMO, like the challenges that come with trying to write a character because you can't... You, it's, it's not like you are, um, uh, let's say... Uh, it's harder to write around someone that the player has to be. As yeah, opposed to you're not an NPC. You're not. Yeah. yeah, you're not like Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, where the character is kind of written as such, and you get like some vague, you know, choices as to what goes on. Or you're not. You're not John Mar- Marston in um, a Rockstar, you know, title because those are hard baked characters. This and is you like have thousands some, of people who are going to be playing this role in the game, kind of. So. Yeah, this dead vessel that has to carry the player's, you know, uh, uh, thoughts and An feelings NPC. around. Yeah. So, well, but the player character. So they, she puts that up, and then she somebody twenty. She wrote it. It was on her personal Twitter. She yes. wrote a twenty-five tweet thread about writing for the game. She also like identifies herself as a part of the studio and the writing team and stuff. Yeah, which is so, later. Uh, in regards to that, um, a a relatively well-known Guild Wars 2 community member responded to the thread in what could not have been a more nicely worded 
less threatening way I've ever seen somebody critique or, or have constructive criticism on the internet. This was not a YouTube comment where they brought okay. your mother into it or threatened okay. to burn your children alive. This was like okay. this, just whatever. Okay. Disagre- disagreed with her. Just said, he literally you know, said, he's like, this is an awesome thread. It was really interesting to read. I disagree with you. He actually said, I disagree with you, asterisk, slightly, like very slightly. And he started talking about like, I, I you know, I want to, can we, you know, you know, what about this approach? And what did you think about, you know, possibly handling it in a certain way, like this way? Very, very, very short and polite and sweet and simple. And uh, basically, what happened from there was uh, she went from zero to 100 instantaneously and flipped on this guy and just lost her shit uh, and started with basically um, saying that, you know, he. Uh, the long short of it was because there's a whole bunch of tweets, some that were deleted, some, some weren't. Uh, she was shitting on them for the fact that, you know, what do you know? I've been in the industry for, she pulled the, uh, I've been in the industry mm. card. Um, she, um, uh, she tried to then eventually, fr- the, the, so the crux of the whole thing really for a lot of people is that she tried to basically say like the tweet specifically, I think I have it here. Today in being a female game developer. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fired. Yep. Uh, oh, no, uh, no, no, not yet, not yet. I wasn't qu- the one that got her fired. No, in quotes, allow me, a person who does not work with you, explain to you how to do your job. So at, I, I want to reiterate. Okay. Read the tweet. Read the exact tweet that the guy sent. Here's the tweet. One, it was one of three. I'm only going to read the first one because it's the only one that's really that gives you the idea of the tone. Really interesting uh, thread to read gives the, the okay sign. However, allow me to disagree slightly, like Bannock said in Asterix. I don't believe the issue lies in MMORPG uh, RPG genre itself, as your wording seemingly suggested. I believe the issue lies in the constraints of the living story's narrative design, which is the living story is Guild Wars uh, 2's um, how they progress the story, story progression is the name of it. That's it. That that's how those that that comment went, which, by the way, if I got that shit on the regular on YouTube, I'd be the happiest motherfucker on the planet because you so can't ask guy, for somebody to be more civil. This guy is a community member to arena. Also, like he's an arena net partner, meaning they know him. They work with him. He is so well known in the community and well liked. They named an NPC after him in the game, and he's got like a huge <laughs> following of people. And he's just generally known as a pretty nice guy. So she re- her first response was, "Thanks for trying to tell me what to do internally, my dude." And then it kind mm. of just spiraled wildly out of control from there. And I can't uh, I can't follow. There's a video and that no was one done. escalated it. She just did it herself. She did all the escalating herself. All of his responses to her escalation were at that same calm, non-threatening, didn't mention that she was a woman once, didn't mention anything about her not knowing to do her it job. Nothing to do with gender at all. Like It was just like, hey, I'm curious oh, about what her, you think about this to topic. Her, of course, she's... She's a female in a in a man's world, and oh, she should just she, have the world against her. So she pulled that card, and then from that point, it just kept yeah. spiraling. Oh, panic! It. I'll let I'll let panic pick up on where it eventually ended up getting her fired. 
Um, so the exact, roughly the exact phrasing that got her fired was um, she kind of started going on the passive aggressive route, not addressing the guy directly. And on a side thread said, the next rando asshat that tries to talk about branching narrative and choices is going to get a block from me. Hmm. And then she had a couple people that she had an exchange with, heated exchange with, who she inevitably blocked. Again, yes. there is a there is a video that goes super into depth. I think his name's Wooden Potato. It has this like yeah. fifty seven minute thing that includes the deleted tweets. Like he has everything and goes through the whole so, fucking spiel. This all took place on July fourth, which is a holiday. So you know a lot of the company wasn't actually in. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that takes the twist here is her coworker. Uh, Peter Fries, he's uh, also a very well-known um, person in arena. He did a lot of stuff. Um, he was functionally at home enjoying his 4th of July, and he was kind of a little drunk. But, you know, you go on social media, and sometimes you get involved, right? You know, you you, you see someone razzing on Adam, and you jump in, or you see someone yeah, razzing yeah, yeah. on he was, he was, he you. He was having his girls back. And, yeah, this, he, he, and, and this he was, was also like, yeah. a guy that worked at the company for 13 years. Just as more yeah. clarification, this dude's been around. He had some tenure. This other chick yeah. had barely even taken her shoes off yet, but this dude been in the company for 13 years. So, um, if you if you want to talk about his tweets, I don't have his tweets off the top of my head. Like I, I don't quite remember. He he was very like he again. He was he sided with her and he defended her. Um, but he was polite about it. Like he didn't get like aggressive. He was just like, Hey, look, my experience as a male dev has been different. Um, and you know, that's fine. But one of the things is she didn't ask for your feedback. So, you know, it was kind of a little unsolicited at that point. So he was kind of polite, but at the same time, he's, he, he did get involved. That's all he said. But she didn't ask oh, no. for your feedback. Oh, oh no. It go, he, okay. So that's what he started he with. Things. Yeah. That's what he started with. And he got progressively worse as shit yeah. went on until he said he was probably good. Did he actually good. start cursing? He was, I can't remember if he did or not. I, I don't that, think he started cursing. I think he kept it relatively civil, but he did mention he was getting, he was drunk. Wooden already. Potatoes video goes so well into all this shit, but, but he, he, he was definitely safe up to a point. And then he like, he just, he didn't tap dance across. He just fucking full charged his ass across the, the, the line and got himself fired. He was probably they good for fired, like a yeah. really good chunk of time. Like and then 90% he just, of the exchange. Then he fucked good. up. He did some stupid shit. He said some really like aggressive things and then he got himself uh, like put my dick on. in your mouth. <laughs> no, yeah, like, literally, that deep, literally he, he was starting to get heated with the literally the like July 4th. This went down like July 5th in the morning. Fired. Both fired. <laughs> Like as the workday started, they were gone. It was one of their. It was one of those walking into the office, like, and there's already a box sitting on your desk. That just says, the "Fill CEO me up." And get actually, out. had posted on the forum within like an hour of them getting fired, like to like uh, go over that. So, uh, uh, what was I going to? What was I going to uh, say? So, um. The thing is that both of them fucking seem to forget. Is that she pulled the, is she, oh, another card that she pulled was that this is my private Twitter account. One of her tweets. This is my private Twitter account. I don't have to pretend to like you here, which was a particularly stupid thing to say to any customer, let alone a well-known community member. Uh, Literally, and, when your account is 
on your bios as oh i wrote this for this game and you and literally had a 25 thread thing talking about how you wrote this thing so there's game. there's some equivalence of stupidity here uh step one is uh that uh she forgot she's on social media and that's not private. No, there's no such thing as private social media unless you literally mark your account private for like the four people in your family that sees the shit. And even then, it's not really private. It's just only four people are seeing it. So yeah. she forgot that when, Congress, when, you, when you put some shit out there on social media, you have officially opened it up for the world to come in, see it, and say and do whatever the fuck they want to do about whatever you just posted. So she forgot about that. And the second thing that she forgot is whether it's your private account or not, companies don't give a fuck. If people know that you work for that company and then you go right, you know, spouting some crazy shit on the internet, it is fully within that company's yep. Uh, it's happened to me. It's to, happened to me to get your shit out of there. It's just like, look, it's you're right. Re- you're doing a shit job of representing this company. Get the fuck out. And a lot of newer companies with social media now will have clauses and contracts that say. Heads up, if you say some stupid shit and you get us in hot water for it, we have the right to remove you from, from this company. So uh, it, it just, it was madness. But the thing that really got people heated in the whole cons- you know, discussion that kind of followed was the, what, the, moment, the moment she pulled the, the fucking female card. Was, yeah, was, I mean, I check, out, I check out the moment she says, it's funny because dude, she, all, a females out there, they complain that they don't that they're not treated as an equal or that they're looked differently um and so on and so forth but yet they continuously bring up something that isn't even being talked about or at the forefront it's like, just like it's like a random it. defense it's like it's like if i went to if i went to walmart and i walked into walmart and i'm going there because the chicken's on sale and i'm going in there and i'm mm. getting some chicken all right and i go and pick up my chicken I go and grab some razors because I'm low on razors or whatever the case may be. I get some dog treats and some cat litter. Uh, sir. And then there's and then there's just one random fucking person that just keeps staring at me. Right? They're just Sir, did right? you know and, we have a special I, on watermelons? <laughs> <laughs> and I look over so and I, look I want at to me. um I want I want to actually No, uh, let Jeff finish his, his no, and then his I story. go and then I go. Oh, it's because I'm black, isn't it? Right? I just, I just randomly, I just go, hey, you've never seen a Negro before, right? And it, but instead, they're looking at like you know the fucking booger I got sitting on my nose, or maybe like my tattoo, or like Flies you know maybe they're guns. maybe they're looking at some something that's going on behind me. Yeah, dude behind I, you. But I immediately just go to the like, you never seen a Negro, right? And they're like, what the fuck, dude? You know, I, I didn't say that. And that's that's what these that's what these females doing all the time. It's like it's it's like we're not we don't care that you're a girl. Like you got a vagina. Congratulations. You you can play some games. Congratulations. Twitch has an IRL stream. You're relevant now. Congratulations. You know what I'm saying? Don't fucking don't come at me. All right. Don't come at me. All right. Because you're the one who's putting this on you. And then that's what's going down. So that's how I feel. Go ahead. I just Terry. get salty about it. I just get so oh, salty. Dude, it's every time I dude, get so salty. When I watched, when it's I was all watching I hear that, is just a bunch of cry wolves. Oh, I was watching that thread and that it came up. Worse, and I just Jeff. lost it. It gets right. worse. This Hit is the part up. that this is the part that really actually uh, pissed me off. Right. Usually, if you do something wrong, you kind of have to own up to it. You acknowledge there's consequences. You know, you can fight the good fight for a cause, and you can you can talk about a cause, and you can you know. <laughs> 
And if there's consequences that happens, you can talk about that too. There's ways to go about it. Um, so I'm going to read two quotes that she had in response to her firing, like including when the CEO actually okay. talked to her about firing her, right? Okay. Um, so this is her, this is her response. So she went back on social media. Oh, there's been media articles written about it. Cause she's been doing interviews and shit. So cashing in Jeff cashing yeah. in baby struggles. Mm. So uh, it starts <laughs> off with prices. Uh, the, the person in question is Jessica price. Who's a writer for arena at, at the time prices. Mm. Boss, it turned out agreed with the angry fans. Price was called into a meeting with a manager from the narrative department, a human resources person, and ArenaNet president, Mike O'Brien. She said, I was given no opportunity to argue my case. My manager was on vacation. O'Brien spent some time insisting that developers must be friends with the company's customers and that it was unacceptable to say that we aren't, even when we're not on the clock. He told me I'd look back and regret this because we're doing great work and I'd ruined it. The whole thing was highly unprofessional, she continued. There was zero reason for him to be there. He wanted to vent his anger, and he had the power to command a woman to stand there while he took his feelings out on her. So he did. Then he walked out. The manager got I didn't my hear stuff the, from my I didn't, desk, I didn't hear this and shit. the HR person asked for my key card. Key Motherfucker, card hold on. You're talking about professionalism when you start talking about the community as rando asshats? Where is your self-awareness here? She pulled the card again. The CEO literally <laughs> told you that, like, look, you can't do that shit. Like, look, we, we sell games. We have a community. The CEO, you can't be going and calling the community rando assets. And she comes out and says he had no reason to be there. You know what she would have said if he wasn't there? This motherfucking CEO didn't have the balls to come and fire a woman face to face because I'm a woman. That's what she would have said. What you know what's better is that in anywhere in there did she Jesus Christ at any point do we know if she's even mentioned the other guy that got fired? Price later discovered that her colleague Peter Fries, who defended her in social media threads, was also fired. Is it because he also was a trans and is actually a female? No, but no, no. That's Peter Fries, guy, Peter that was, Fries is that actually was, an yeah. upstanding, and generally he had a good reputation in the gaming industry. He just and, fucked up. He, I'm, he, saying, he, I'm saying he was that drunk because, on social media, yeah. Because she, he doesn't have a vagina, to my to my understanding, and yet no. he still suffered the same fate as which this is, chick did. Which is exa- which is why I was asking, you know, at any point in time, did she mention? Oh, hey, by the way, um, you know, it she was mentioned also that she unfair. was going to talk to him at some point in the next week or so. But she so then, why why did she ha- like? Uh, uh, he got the same fucking treatment as she did. And she's out there pulling the fucking woman card, which I'm, which I'm telling you right now is about 50% of the reason why uh, unfortunate Peter got fired in the first place because Irina net sat back and said, all right, look, um, we got this chick doing some crazy shit on social media and it's a real bad look for us right now. It flies in the face of everything. And she's only been here for a fucking year. Um, it gets better though. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll let you finish, but it gets better. And unfortunately, old Petsky, who's been here for thirteen years, uh, had one too many on July Fourth and decided to white knight this chick. Um, and we have a couple of options here. 
We either fire her because she's the main issue here and she's only been here for a year anyway. And we don't fire Peter because he's been here for 13 years and he was really just defending uh, another employee. However, he also said some shit that he shouldn't have and should be reprimanded for that in some way anyway. What happens if we do that? Well, the entire fucking modern world in 2018 comes down oh, on her ass the because, hit the floor. because yeah. only the woman got fired in that, in that instance. Or we get get both of them. You can't say shit. And we can half cover her at, oh, she still says it, but at least it takes away some of her arguments. So Peter Peter is the real, like, Peter said some shit that that three years ago, man or woman would have at best been a... uh, Like a sit-down meeting with the heads. Should have gotten a sit-down meeting with HR. and, And HR said... You can't do that shit. Uh, and it, like and a warning it, and, or something. And a warning or something. It ends there. But in 2018, you ain't got no fucking. You, you got no wiggle shit. room. You know, you, nobody's got wiggle, <laughs> wiggle room. The company doesn't have it, and and sure shit, the employees don't. In uh, social media is not going to give it to you. Like nobody's going to give it to you. Yeah. So well, the thing is, social media is once once there's a bit of that drama. Social media is just going to jump all over it, right? Oh. They're going to be like, oh, you motherfucker. Fuck gets, you, bitch. Oh, yeah. You worse. fuck. Yo, you're worse. so fucking terrible. And they're, they're just riling people up. And they're like, I can't believe you hired this bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? Boycott. Exa- exactly. I'm never playing Guild Wars exactly. again. Exactly. This is how you treat our greatest member. There's an NPC named after this fucker. He was here long before you, bitch. You don't know who the fuck you are. He was a fucking million dollar patron. He put more money into this shit than he did that fucking space game that'll never come out. You're a fucking <laughs> bitch. And you got a vagina. And it's all your fault. Vagina, estrogen, period, bitch. <laughs> That's so. that's what they're saying, and she's she's actually on her period and salty, <laughs> and she's got estrogen period. She, she, that's what? The, that's she the put, internet. That's she the internet. put Arena Net on blast afterwards, saying, "Oh, they put a target on our back. They said they were against harassment, but it's all fake bullshit. That you know they're just talking the talk." Now here's the thing, right? And again, I feel like Mike O'Brien is, is like the voice of reason here, the CEO or like president of Arena Net. Because he came out afterwards, after all of this shit, he had to make a statement, which I'm sure he loved having to make. But he was just like, all right, guys, look, real talk. And this is his statement. Jessica identified herself as an arena net employee on Reddit and Twitter. She'd been talking about the episode three storytelling with fans on Reddit and wrote a 25 part tweet about how we tell stories. She was representing the company. The expectation was to behave professionally and respectfully. And the most important part, which I'm going to add here, or at least walk away. Instead, <laughs> she attacked. She took a lesson from me. See, people are just missing out on walk. these opportunities. And then, and then it said, and then it said, look, and then she said, look, Arena Net should have had my back. They should have been protecting me from the harassment. So he goes on and respond to that part, saying, concerns were raised that she was responding to harassment, and it's it's not my place to tell employees when they should or shouldn't feel harassed. Completely reasonable statement. In this case, however, our employees could have chosen not to engage and they could have brought the issue to the company whereby we would have done everything we could to protect them. You know, we don't tolerate harassment. If they feel harassed and they want to bring it's the issue. It's 4th of July. People were drinking. They actually people said. People were salty. They actually said. The tweets were made on July 4th when the studio was closed for the holiday. We yeah. were aware of them that day and decided we needed to take action in the morning. The fact that the community's anger was escalating on July 5th could make it look like our actions was a response to the community's anger, but that wasn't the case. We took 
action as soon as we practically could. Which is literally, we came in in the morning and we did what we needed to do. Look, yeah, we fired the bitch in the morning. Yeah. That was the show. Yeah. Look, it's just uh, the it's whole like thing. The whole thing is 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 fucking. Everyone's got to be the freaking hero in their own goddamn story. Apparently, uh, you know, it's it's just. It's, I'm so. T- Am I the only motherfucker that's tired of this shit? Seriously, like no, I, I kind of like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of like just. Just the drama of it all. You're going to be like, like I'm tired. You're going to say you're tired of it, but you're like literally sitting there on your phone and you're like, I got to look up more of this shit. No, like I I like being part of the discussion because because like anyone, I enjoy a really easy roast. Like it's not it's not like a hard roast when somebody does this shit. But uh, but watching somebody weaponize their their supposed oppression is one of the most fucking infuriating things I've seen become yeah, a popular thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And it's and it's crazy because what would happen if she's watched this is we got three pe- we got three people here. We're all swinging dick. All right? And she'd be like, <laughs> "Well, look swings. at look at these three, you know, cis male commentators out there just without me being able to defend myself, being a bunch of like patriarchal, misogynistic fuckboys." Just t- all, all this shit going in on me and my business and how what do they know about my life story and shit? Look, she already got in fire with the company she was with before for something similar to this. She had to, she she either left the company or or was compelled to leave by forces from within the company. She then said that when she uh, in regards to this whole uh, occurrence, when she first entered ArenaNet. She was under the imp- uh, impression that they told her that she would not have to, you know, change, change who she was to be at the company. And I want to, I want to say this to Jessica. All right, for a, for a hot second, okay. There is there is a fine line between uh, uh, between being allowed to be who you are as an individual and then being a fucking asswipe on the internet to customers and not getting heat for it. You can't just. If I'm working, it's fighting if, the fight, if, look, being if, an I'm, if I'm working at, at at fucking Abercrombie and Fitch, where the average IQ of the people working there, <laughs> including myself, and the people buying clothes there is somewhere between ninety and ninety-two, and you're gonna fucking have to put up with that shit for eight straight hours a day and get paid dick all for fucking money, and you gotta wear, they force you to wear like seventy-four inch deep knee, like V-necks and shit, hipster fucking mm. everything's linen, whatever the fuck else you got going on at Abercrombie and Fitch. Like Jeff's got right there, give me those titties. Look at that, beautiful. And you gotta put up with that shit on a daily basis. You get to be who you are because, you know, maybe you are flaming fucking gay and they probably like it there if you are one way or another. Like Jeff's got this whole thing going on right now. But that doesn't mean that if a, a, a customer comes up and 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 complains about the fact that you aren't folding those $500 jeans properly, that you walk over and you tear a strip off them and slap them in the face. You don't get to do that shit. Maybe that is you. And the company said, you don't have to change who you are. But the company also said, you can't harass and slap around our fucking customers. There's a difference. You can't do that shit anywhere. I don't care who the fuck you work you, for. You escalate which, and you walk away. At this you point, let the company deal at this with point it. in Jessica Price's career, her options right now are looking like Vice News and Starbucks. Those are her two fucking <laughs> options. Get fucked. 
Because who else is going to pick this chick up unless unless it's a company like oh, Vice? Somebody on Tinder will pick her up. Who's 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 looking who's looking at at trying to find people who just want to also whine about the world keeping them down, man. I've got this. Oh, fucking, being black is so tough. Uh, it's so hard. I'm There's no this, jobs out there for a young black man. I'm this but, white. I'm this white, attractive female in 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 fucking the United uh, States of America, and shit's so hard. Your white privilege. Oh, your male privilege is showing right. Oh Fuck my god. Me. Like other than that, or 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 Starbucks. Those are two fucking options. Honest to God, if anyone else picks her up, they're insane. They're literally insane. She's now a repeat offender of this bullshit. And unless unless that's your whole motive, uh, then you're not going to fucking hire this, this this chick. She's just fucking off herself. And she's going to end up complaining about this shit for like the next fucking two years. She'll probably try and write a book about it because she's not making money anywhere else. So she's going to write like her own fucking like little biography about her life in the gaming industry and probably what tie in. What game does she work on? Guild Wars 2. Oh, okay. Where she was part of the, the writing team. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, just fuck, stop. I don't know. I got a message for Jessica. So Jessica, what do you got? Oh no. Jessica. How do you like your coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, I mean, I'm sorry for your loss. I I really. (laughs) No, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, okay. Let me be real here. Okay. I'm trying hard not to just lay down the hammer, but you <laughs> fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. You went on Twitter. You ran your mouth. You had a couple of bottles of wine or maybe just a couple of glasses, whatever gets you there. You put something out there for the world and they gave it back to you and they gave it back to you fairly straight. Listen, I get it. No one likes to be criticized. Nobody likes to be told that their life's work is not good enough for some random cuck or whatever she said. Ass hat. Ass was it ass hat or ass hat? Ass hat. Okay. It just doesn't feel good. I get it. To hurt on the ego and the pride. But you went out on Twitter on an outcry that your job is tough. And to write a story about a an orc that lives in the woods is just a terrible, terrible time. Especially when you're a female, Jeff, it becomes astronomically more difficult. The reality of it is is this. No one gives a shit that you've got a vagina. Okay, nobody cares. All right. Maybe five guys on Tinder gave you a swipe left. But beyond that world, besides your mom and your dad, nobody gives a flying fuck that you've got a vagina. That's not the reason why you're fired. That's not the reason why someone told you that you should probably think about writing in this other direction. Whether you agreed with it or not, it has nothing to do with your vagina. Okay, it just doesn't. Sorry. By the way, Guild Wars 2 sucks monkey dick. (laughs) And you're probably wow. a shit writer. If you were a better writer, the game probably would be doing better. <laughs> okay? You don't like what I'm saying? Deal with it. Maybe it's because you get a vagina I'm saying this. Who knows? we will never know. Okay? Starbucks is a great company. All right? There's a, there's a lot of corporate ladder at Starbucks. Grande Cinnamon Dolce Latte. You better not put too much cinnamon on that bitch when I go and order it. All right? No whipped cream. Get off Twitter. It's not good for you. And you definitely owe your white knight buddy that lost his job a BJ. And not because you're a girl. No. No. Even Sorry if you were a dude. Loss. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it, oh, it, terrible. it is. There's, is there is, there, there is, there is no sympathy here. Uh, and I, and I hold no sympathy in general for people like this uh, anymore. I, I refuse. I refuse to give them any quarter when it, when it comes to this shit. Uh, I don't give a fuck. They come dude, at I me. I don't feel bad, man. Listen, they, if they, I fuck up, dude, if I fuck up. You just own the I shit. If I fuck up, dude, I say some dumb shit, all right? I've lost money because of my mouth many of times, all right? One time in particular. I won't even get into it because I don't want to throw the I don't want to throw the company under the bus. But one specific time, I said something on Twitter that apparently not more than half the world agrees with, or at least half America agrees with, had to do with Donald Trump. I said something about Donald Trump, and this one company canceled my sponsorship that I was making some money off of because I called Donald Trump, uh, what did I say? He's a piece of shit. Something like that. That's pretty tame, bro. And that's very tame, all right? And I lost money for running my mouth. Did I go on Twitter and complain and say, listen, motherfuckers, you got me because I'm black. You know, you did it because I'm black. You did it because this. You did it because that. No, I understood. If I go on Twitter and I run my mouth about something and I'm representing something that is bigger than me or another company and they have certain things that they abide by, even though I may not agree with it, there's repercussions for my actions. And that cost me several thousand dollars. Would I take it back? No, because I'm not going to change who I am as a person for money. I'm just not going to do that. But if I'm going to sign with with a company or whatever, and they've got certain guidelines, I better be prepared to follow those guidelines or deal with the repercussions. And guess what, girl? You fucked up. You started cussing out your, your customers. You can't do that. If you're a man, a woman, uh, uh, you don't know what you are yet, some other type of pronoun, verb, adjective, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it's all the same. You can't do it. And so you get, you. there's there's no sympathy. You listen, disrupt your job, you're going to get fucked up. Listen, it, listen I, I, on, on the real, I know I throw some shade and it's jokes, okay? Some of it's a little real, but I'm I, not, do throw I, some, I, I'm clarify, I do throw some shade. I'm not joking. You're going to work okay. at Starbucks or Vice. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. Listen, I never, I never root for somebody's downfall. Okay, somebody lost their job. Two people lost their job. You know, I don't know what their financial situation is. I don't know what their family situation is. That's never something to celebrate. Sucks. Okay, sucks. somebody lost their job, and and that I feel for whoever it is, even if it is a moment of weakness. We all make mistakes, but if you're gonna double down and you're gonna come on the Twitter after the fact, and you're not gonna shut up and you're gonna keep this going. Now you deserve more so than before the reaction that you're getting, not only from this panel, but probably from the thousands of people that are out there on Reddit and Twitter and whoever. You deserve it. Listen, it sucks. You lost your job, but this is the real world. You just can't go around and spewing a bunch of shit because you're angry or frustrated with your job or you have writer's block. Do You have to deal with it in your own way. Go fucking pay a shrink $150 an hour. It's a lot cheaper than losing your job over going uh, over some nutcase. Listen, I tell people all the time to go fuck themselves. I did it the other week to some stupid fucking, better watch my language, some girl that ran her mouth. I told her to go fuck off and something about my long dick or some shit. Didn't even know she was a girl. She's fucking there complaining. And she went on Twitter and tried to make me look like some chauvinistic pig or whatever. I told her to shut the fuck up. You know why I can say shut the fuck up? Because nobody owns me. 
I can say whatever the fuck I want to say, and worst case scenario, I'm going to offend a few followers. And you're going to deal with the consequences. And I'm going to deal with the consequences of that. You, on the other hand, are employed by a company that has millions of fans. You're just one small piece of the army, and you're not important. You you can be replaced, and you probably already are replaced. So you can't. You don't have that luxury. So unless you're writing for Blizzard for 15 years, and you're sitting with your fucking maxed out 401k, and you've got a half a million dollars sitting in your checkings account, and you've got a fucking place in L.A. and one over in fucking Cuba on an island somewhere, then you ought to shut your mouth. If not, Starbucks or Vice. What about... What about- um, I, I'm seeing some actual like productive commentary from chat here. Um, possibly the culling too. Mm. They might be hiring. They need to turn that game around. <laughs> they need to turn it around. They need to turn it around. I mean, they probably need that woman's touch. <sighs> it's, it's sad, man. It's sad. It's sad. And yet, what what happened with this guy? This guy, I bet you, is not who's, on Twitter. Who's running his mouth about uh, about freeze? Who's talking about him? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's given him fucking in-depth interviews on like Kotaku and every other fuckboy friggin' article bullshit website that exists in gaming anymore. He's not out there running his mouth like like all get out on Twitter constantly. He's not saying it's because he's some sort of minority, mostly because he's not, and yet nobody's talking about that because that's not nobody cares. That's not, not even sexy. what's important. Like that. it's not no, sexy to be like, oh, sexy. I'm sorry. Oh, a white, a white, you know, a I've white got 4% male Irish. A white straight male lost his job. Oh, what a fucking shame that is. Boom. Oh, but the girl lost his job. Oh, well, fuck me. Holy me too. shit. Now we yeah. got to talk about it. Now it's a real problem. Holy shit. All the oppression, all the fucking inequality, all the everything. Let's just pump this shit up. Yeah. I'm surprised that she didn't say, oh, and the CEO shook my hand for three extra seconds on hey, my way hey, out. Hey, Jessica. And I, and Jessica, I consider that harassment. Take a fucking note from your co- your used-to-be co-worker who literally fell on a fucking sword for your dumb ass. He's keeping his mouth shut, his lips sealed, so that he can continue getting work <laughs> so somewhere work. else. <laughs> yeah. Who in the shit is going to want to pick up your ass after going to publication after publication and social media post after social media post, tearing strips off of, shit. and put there? Who wants to risk that shit with you? You might be an actual decent fucking writer for all anyone knows, but nobody's going to take the risk. If the risk is, well, we get a pretty competent writer, but we also risk she runs her mouth, we have to fire her, and then she just goes on a fucking tirade for the next two months about how it all happened, which is exactly why, I reiterate, you're going to work at Starbucks or fucking Vice. That's why, because the only people that are going to want to take your ass up. And you're, and again, you're probably going to complain about that too. Nobody wants to hire me because I'm a fucking woman. No, nobody wants to hire your ass because you're on your fucking mouth and you're insane that's the two mm. that's the two fucking reasons mm. and that's just oh it drives me nuts it's kind of like uh <coughs> it, it's it's like when um when 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 this whole movement talks about women you know having to fight for the rights and men never had to fight for their rights panic i don't know how much american history you know but just a shot in the dark do you remember uh how most of this shit went down even for males in the states for a good chunk of time when they when it came to voting, for example, do you do you do you have enough of history in the back of your mind for that? Let me fill you in on a little bit because the Canadians got it in the back of his mind for how it went down in America. All right, uh, for a long while 
unless you own you. Unless you, I'm gonna owned, make I'm gonna make you shut up so I can explain it because I'm the goddamn it? American. All right, here. go for it, America. Go All for right. it. You get it? Yeah. Or yeah, go. you had to be for for the longest time. You had to be one of them well well bred white male land owning Americans. Landowners specifically, you could be Landowners. a white, you could be a well, you could be a, a relatively well-off white male with no land and not be able to fucking vote. Yeah, yeah, to own land, motherfucker. That's when you get to vote. Yeehaw! Then eventually they're like, you know what? We should probably just let white men vote because you know there's yeah. But what happened? What happened? What had to happen in between them not doing that and doing that? Yeah, I'm not that well versed in that for a while. Okay, well, a, a bunch of dudes had to start killing each other. Is basically what happened. <laughs> oh, okay, um, great. Death uh, had to ensue. Yeah. Wait, which, when, when did that death ensue? Because that wasn't that wasn't 1776. That wasn't 1812. <clears throat> Listen, there's too much history going on here, boys. <laughs> no, I actually don't give a fuck. She lost her job. The, just, it's, just, it's just the She's I, a girl. It's just the idea. Just to, uh, just to put it in perspective, this is what Peter Fries has been doing on Twitter for the past couple of days. What do we got? Um, he's been talking a lot about cool things that have been happening in space. Um, he's been posting tons of videos of him playing with his dog and his daughter. He's been talking about the weather. He's been posting memes about when people ask how he's holding up a week later. Um, the only thing that he said in response to the getting fired thing was... Uh, Good morning to everyone except these um people. And then he posted a couple like tweets of people being mean to him on Twitter. And then that was it. He's just going about his business being like, all right. Again, this guy, this guy is trying to get rehired. He's just like, you know what? This shit will, this shit will boil over. They're going to call me. Takes notes. They're going to call, they're going to call me. talking about space and shit. (laughs) Instead of a 25 thread long Twitter post about some shit. Talking about space and science and cool shit. 25 pages on why you should be doing what Peter's doing right now. Instead would be really neato. So we'll end this here in the comment section below. I want to see. Oh, uh, I just if want you're, oh, if before, you're listening to us on YouTube. Yeah, go go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. And then I'll okay. then I'll ask my thing. Yeah. All right. Only want only want one word answer in the comments below. Starbucks or Vice. <laughs> That's it. Should be the thumbnail too. My, my, Starbucks d- and oh, Vice. Oh, it'll be that is exactly what the <laughs> thumbnail is gonna be. So uh the, my question is my question is um on a scale of a one to one hundred, in terms of a percentage, can you have the culling in there somehow with Starbucks and Vice? Uh, we'll try and make it happen. But I, can't, I promise nothing. Um, how was the company one hundred percent in the right with what they did, or could they have tackled this situation differently? In your opinion. Um, so as one of the people who has spent his entire career working in various levels of corporate stuff. Um, I'm going to say no. Uh, the, unfortunately, with the way the climate is right now, uh, it's what we talked about earlier. What should have happened in a reasonable world is they both got pulled into an office. They both got to sit down and a talking to about what, you know, conduct and policy and a refresher on that. And then possibly, you know, you know, maybe suspension or something, you know, but in a reasonable time, they shouldn't have gotten fired. But with the way media and everything is now, and especially with the way they kind of doubled down on the whole situation, no, there really wasn't anything else the company could do. Like, they saw the fever pitch that the community was going into. 
the people in question acted extremely unprofessionally and inappropriately um, in, you know, what could possibly be a gray area. But at the end of the day, they had identified themselves as employees of the company. They were known to represent the values and the beliefs of the company, both in and out. It, you know, regardless on if you agree with it or not, that's the norm. If you work for a company, whatever you say or do is expected, you know, partially as a belief of that company. So they had no choice but to come down and say, no, it is not acceptable for you to belittle, you know, berate, curse out, or, you know, in other ways, disparage the community. These are the people that we do this for. You can't do what you did. So, yeah, they had to fire them. What about you, Jeff? I just don't care anymore. Mm. I, I I actually just don't care. I've talked about this for way too long. <laughs> I don't care if they salvaged her career or or they just axed her. I you know what? Part of me says people deserve second chances. And the nice guy in me would say, you know, she gets a slap on the wrist, she takes some time off, relax. Um, you know, writes, explains to the CEO why she should still be there if she's having such a hard time or what. I don't know. Um, but judging by her reaction, it was probably, it was probably the right decision. It's probably the type of person that they're dealing with. Probably isn't the first time she said something negative inside the office or out. This might have been an out for them. Who knows? But I don't really give a shit. But she just definitely showed her colors. Uh, not only when she mentioned the female thing and then again after she got fired once again about female. Um, yeah, I think they made the right decision. They could have given her a second chance, could have went either way. I don't think they would have lost any fans in the long run anyway. But, hey, who knows? I don't run a big company like that, so I don't, I don't give a shit. She's at Starbucks Advice. I don't care. <sighs> or she's working on Guild Wars 2. I don't care. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I agree that if this, am I, well, yeah, I, I, I agree with mostly with what both of you, both of you said. I, I certainly care. I only, but I care. I don't necessarily care about this specific situation so much as I care about how prolific this type of situation is fucking becoming is more of what I'm interested in. But that's that actually is specifically the reality is that for for both of these individuals, if this was the year 2012, none of this happens. Yep. Uh, first of all, she probably wouldn't even said that shit to begin with because it would have been 2012 and nobody was uh, or, or very few people were pulling the woman card every five Hashtag fucking seconds on, on social media. However, even if she did. The company at that point in that social climate would have had the 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 space publicly to be able to to reel her in, bring her in, sit her down, explain to her why what she's doing is a no go, no fly zone, and then go from there. And if she does it again, then she gets axed. But unfortunately, it's not 2012. It's the year 2018. And if a fly shits in Africa and the shit isn't the proper color, people get upset about it and call it racist. So you have to really be on top of what your company espouses and by uh, and by proxy your employees kind of are involved with how that plays out to the general public. And like the CEO said, she had labeled herself several times as a member of the writing team at Arena Net for Guild Wars 2. 
and at that point, she had to be held accountable regardless of whether or not she thought she was on a private account. And again, because it's 2018, there is no wiggle room. So it's a it's a it's a uh, a situation. Harsh of lesson to learn, and she has it's a to, lesson. Hopefully, she, she learns, but it. doesn't seem like it. So yeah, it's uh it's it's the way she uh, it's the way she goes. But uh, all the best in your Starbucks career. I'm sure you'll do wonders. Just fine. Uh, Mr. Black, hit me up with a little bit of TV and movies. Movies and TV, TV and movies. Did you see anything on the flights when you were up in the air? Any uh, any decent movies uh, on the flight? I actually watched um I watched two movies. Mm. Uh, both like WestJet uh, movies they had on there. Okay. First one was um uh fuck the great the the greatest showman the uh Hugh Jackman musical I low key loved it okay um and then I saw was it because uh, of Hugh Jackman or was the rest of the movie actually also pretty good I I I I liked it um okay. I heard it was really good Yeah I liked it Hugh Jackman's just awesome in everything he touches Yeah that was like the Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey thing right Yes. Barnum. Yes. And it was really good. It was just about the circus and them starting up a circus. And it was about um and, and it was a lot of that sort of um getting back on the whole like Me Too movement and stuff. It was a lot of um talk about sort of maybe transgender and um uh you know, overweight and uh weird weird looking people that are just different. Um, and they, they, there was this like social message behind it, but it wasn't like hammered down your head about how like, you know, they're, everybody's, everybody's unique, but they're not freaks. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're their own people and, and they have, they have a place, um, uh, which was, you know, it was a good message behind the movie. The music was good. The songs were good. Um, Hugh Jackman was great. Uh, even, uh, what's his face guy with 30 abs, um, Zach Efron. Zach Efron was good. Um it was just a really good time. I even like teared up at a couple of times like as I was uh cuz I got sucked into the movie and and you know I, I just I uh I just felt for some of the characters and it was just it was nice. Like it was a good enjoyable movie. I wasn't about to cry on no plane, but I was feeling it. I had those goosebumps. I was like, "Oh fuck, okay, this this is what I'm sitting I was not expecting this." Okay. So that was good. Good. Uh, and then I watched sort of the complete opposite. <laughs> um, uh, was it Geo Geo Storm or Geo Geo something with um, uh, what's his face in Three Hundred? Gerard, but- Gerard Butler. Is- yeah, that's it. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler starring in uh, uh, all about. Uh, be careful there, Cheney. Uh, all about climate change and how uh, how um, uh, everybody everybody ignored um, the the rise in temperatures and 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 ah. humans fucked up uh, the atmosphere and all this other shit. Now the world is getting these crazy storms, um, super hot weather, super cold weather, tornadoes. Uh, you know, you name it. It's a, it's basically like disaster porn, and uh, they created they created this this dome or this uh, this sort of a net in space that went over the globe, and they could they uh, they had the technology to um, 
shoot these things down on storms so that they can control the weather so that it was no longer there was no longer crazy hurricanes and and crazy heat and they could bring it the world to where it needed to be at all places so that uh, people weren't dying and shit and then of course in in shitty b-rated type action um, somebody wanted to use it as a weapon and it gets in the wrong hands and now they're now they're blowing shit up and they're fucking killing Afghanis and and they're they're freezing certain parts of the world and they're creating all these huge things until the point where there could be the geostorm which would end the world and can they get geostorm. the codes back and can they fix this machine and dun, 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 shit movie absolute shit Four to ten. Oh, it's Gerard Butler, who, other than doing 300, hasn't really done a movie worth watching since. Yeah. And arguably before. Hmm. Um, I think he just lucked out that 300 was a pretty easy role for him outside of having to spend countless hours in the gym to get ripped. And <laughs> yeah. uh, that was pretty much the show for him. So, yeah, that's not, that's not overly... So, yeah, I saw that on the plane. And then okay. I saw Ant-Man 2. Uh... Two did, days ago. How did that go over? I loved it. Um, I liked it a lot more in the first one, like okay. twice as much as the first one. They did some interesting advertising for that. It was like they were trying to be Deadpool, but like not nah, as edgy, not. As, yeah, but not as, edgy not Deadpool. as Deadpool. Yeah, it's nowhere near Deadpool. Nowhere's near. Oh, I didn't nowhere. mean the movie. I just meant the, the way they were advertising it, like the really like random non sequitur type shit like they were doing with with Deadpool so I was like what are they going for here it's kind of no it was good I liked it um there was no like real villain in the movie like there were kind of people in the way uh one of them was a little cartoony but not over the top cartoony it was just the right and then there was another uh another person that you see in the trailers that they were kind of against kind of not so it was pretty um, much 2018 Armageddon uh, for for the uh, Ant Man? Oh, not Ant Man. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Geo. No, no, that Geo shit. Not nowhere near as good as fucking Armageddon. Um, but yeah, no, it was it wasn't bad. And I, you know what? I actually liked. There's a really good uh, mid post post credit scene that kind of tied in with Avengers. Um, and then also what was cool is and all the and also this this movie took place before the events of uh. Avengers Age of or Age of Ultron uh, Infinity War. This was like um, between Civil War and whatever, like after like they had been in yes. prison and they were like going stuff. Yes. Um yeah, and it picked up basically right after that. Um but it was it was good. I like the fact that they didn't ha- really have a, a real villain. Like there was action set pieces and stuff and it was cool. But um there was no real villain because I feel like if they did have a villain right after we just got Infinity War and we just got Thanos that any villain like real threat would have just felt like child's play it would have just it would just wouldn't have felt right so I love the fact that they had conflict and there was definitely that um, but it wasn't they didn't make some big baddie or some huge threat it it fit nicely Mm -hmm. a lot of comedy it was well paced uh, it was just a lot of fun, and it made me like Ant Man a lot more. It reminded me because the the first Ant Man movie, I didn't really care for the character all that much. I was like, I don't really. I think Ant Man's kind of stupid. I, I'm not really identifying with this character. It's like, yeah, Paul Rudd's a, is a funny guy, and I mean he's likable, but I don't really care. Like I don't care like I do the other guys. This one really set up nicely 
to to care about the character a lot more. We get to see more relationship with him and his daughter, and also there's a lot more with his daughter in this because uh, rumor is that the daughter will be in the new Avengers, um, and she's gonna because there's a character for her in the comics, so we get to see her a lot more. Um, and they're really setting a few things up, but beyond that, uh, I had a good time. I actually had more fun. Oh, it's close. Ooh, I almost said it. I almost had yeah. as I would say I had as much fun in Ant Man Two as I did Deadpool Two. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay. But that Deadpool post credit scene was, was the gold. best thing I've ever seen in movies, in Marvel movies. When it comes to just funny, uh, but it was good. It was good. Awesome. Uh, I don't. I think. I think I watched it after last podcast. I can't remember, but I'll state it again anyway because we're on the Marvel kick. Because I finally got to Gabs and I sat down and watched uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that was aw- I love Thor Ragnarok. And and my takeaway from Thor Ragnarok was it's the best Marvel movie that's been made uh, Ooh, that really? I that I that I've seen. Um, in terms of enjoyment, like yeah. uh, I I'm I'm not that rock character so I was, funny. The uh, well, yeah, he's, that's the director. Uh, he fucking yeah yeah it, right? he's, dude he's fucking comical but the the thing that the thing that did it for well the thing if i if i reviewed it objectively i might question the tone of the movie um being it was very it was very guardians yeah very being guardians. too weighted draw. being too weighted before the um uh towards the the humor side and not <sighs> enough towards the fact that they're fighting the like the goddess of fucking death and all this shit's going on and and you know their their planet is going to have to like it, it, there's some heavy shit that goes down in yeah. that movie and at no point did it really get particularly heavy outside of the scene with Odin yeah uh, on the cliffside yeah outside of that scene it was like watching a comedy. There was there was no real because it is even with, the, even when yeah. Hela was on screen, everything was a fucking comedy. So yeah. they uh, while to, uh, they they felt that because the Thor the first two movies were like stupid serious, yeah. But like Dark World, ugh. yeah. Like you can tell that the actors kind of actually were a little out of their element because like in the Avengers movies, Thor was actually pretty funny and like it was a it was a light hearted airy guy. Like he didn't quite understand that you know not everyone is a god like him. So. You know, this one, they kind of realized that, okay, yeah, we can still do a lot of serious stuff, but, you know, we need to play to the actor's strengths. We need to play the character's strengths. And they found that people like a funny Thor. So they, they oh, put sure. that in the movie super they, well. Well, they, yeah, they just, uh, um, if I was if I was trying to be critical about it, I would just say the dial could be turned back ever so slightly. Like I think there could have been some uh, an increased number of, of weighty scenes versus just being all humor all the fucking time, which from an entertainment perspective, I was laughing the whole way through the fucking movie. I thought it was fantastic. It was only afterwards I sat down and thought about it and I went, wait a minute, this, this for, for what happened in this movie, that was an awfully, yeah. I spent an awful lot of time just laughing at what was going on. They just on. went the Guardians of the Galaxy route, man. They, yeah, literally, yeah. Made, they literally made Thor, well, I liked it more Guardians, than Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked it more than Guardians. I did. I I liked it. I liked. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'd have to see it again because it's not really fresh. I definitely liked it more than the second Guardians, but the first Guardians is so funny um, that I don't know. 
But I would say Thor Ragnarok is definitely in my top five of Marvel it, movies yeah. ever. It seemed like there was so much ad-libbing that happened in that, especially Jeff Goldblum. I don't actually think they handed him a script. I actually no, think they I'm just put sure him out and just said, all right, uh, this is the general <laughs> this idea for this scene. Go Have nuts. Fun. And then that was just what he did. The uh, post-credit scene for Jeff Goldblum in that movie was oh, absolutely was hysterical. Fuck. Uh, just uh, was awesome. But I mean, uh, I got to give it to Hemsworth. He, he funny dude. The motherfucker's yeah. a funny guy. Like yeah, his, dude. His comedic timing is on point. Is on it was point. like that in, when he in does the when he does the not not when I do this and he like covers his face. I I was like that's the dumbest shit that he could have fucking done. And but it was so perfect and the timing yeah, was so. He even yeah, looked at the fucking camera for like a hot second. If you yeah, pay dude. attention to that scene, he breaks the fourth wall. It's as if he's saying, "This is I know this is fucking stupid." But watch me do it anyway. And he fucking covers his face up. And I, it was almost like that was an unscripted thing. And if it was, it's even better. But his timing was amazing. Yeah, dude. That's why he's going to do well with uh, with Men in Black. He's he's like perfect casting. And he's with that chick, the black chick. They're co-starring with each other. Which, which the all, from Thor? She was black in Thor, chick? Ragnarok too, chick? right? From Thor, the one yeah, that yeah, the, 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 the Valkyrie, one, the Valkyrie, Valkyrie. yeah, oh, okay, oh, okay, they're, they're they're coasters in this okay. new uh, Men in Black, and that she, was like the big, that she, was like the big controversy thing where they're like, they're they're saying, well, um, the the Marvel was like, what the fuck, and now apparently they're going to be implementing clauses uh, in these contracts that the stars are not allowed to co-star and star with other people in the Marvel movies oh, wow. outside of Marvel because they're using that star power that they built in the movie to to to, to, to boost else. another movie. Yeah, and yeah. if that other movie bombs, then it's going to uh, leave a stain on the new up-and-coming For movies that they're in where they're yeah. going, dude, what the fuck? I can't get this shit performance out of my head and it's going to ruin... <laughs> What else is going on? So like that was like a big fuckery that was good that Marvel was going on with uh with I think Sony or whoever's got but they might be owning them soon. Or whatever, I, I will so. I will say that um you you know when we all talked about how uh, in Star Wars the the scene where the ship gets split in half like the like the yeah. that well, I speak and, and how crazy of a fucking scene that was how beautiful it looked and just how epic that was yeah. Equal to, and I haven't decided yet if I liked it even more, but the slow motion scene where it's the Valkyries fighting Gila, where it's like a tapestry and you're looking like at a moving tapestry, it's slow motion and the HDR is like fucking through the roof and everything's yeah. just crazy. That was one of the There's sexiest. There's a whole bunch of shit going on in the background. Like people so much. It was like looking yeah. at a classical painting because there was so much going on everywhere. You'd almost have to watch that. Even though this is in slow motion, you almost have to watch it 10 times just to fucking catch everything that's happening. Yeah. That. Might, I, I might have liked that even more than the than the the, the jump to light speed. Yeah, through there were some nice the there were some nice shots in that. And what was what was nice too is is too bad you didn't watch Ragnarok before you did. Uh, Infinity War because yeah, yeah. because you get to see him use the lightning power and and stuff yeah, like before, that and this yeah. and then when you when you see him come back with the with the fucking Stormbreaker and he comes in you're like oh and you see it again yeah, and he's yeah. got he's got his eye back or like a fake eye or whatever it it just all just kind of came together and it wait, just made you're waiting his, for it because you knew you yeah. knew like he was gonna come and he was gonna fucking smash melon heads. 
And he did just that. It, the payoff was just great, especially seeing him go through what he did in Ragnarok. It just made it that much better. Good yeah, movie. Yeah. Oh, Good movie. Oh, that was great. They're trying to get him to do a, a fourth Thor, so he's not signed on for any of it. His contract's uh, over. Yeah, his contract's over. They're trying to get him to uh, to stay on board. One of what's funny that I found out, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, okay? So okay. Nick Fury, yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's going to be co-starring in Captain Marvel, okay? Right, yeah. they so, him back. so she uh, uh, um, he is going to be digitally aged from start to finish. So be younger. He, yeah, back from back in the '90s, so he's gonna kind of look like he did in like fucking okay, uh, like uh, Pulp Fiction or some shit, right? And they did that. It's the same, same thing in Ant Man. In Ant Man, yeah. they did uh, at the beginning of the movie. You're gonna you'll you'll see it when you go to the second one. They they digitally de-age them, and uh, apparently it looks great. But uh, the, in, in Ant Man, it looked great. But anyway, Samuel's supposed to do, do the that. same thing to Clark Gregg, also. Yes, same. same two characters. Uh, what's his face? The the also. Agent Shield. Yeah, that guy and Samuel, both of them. So, um, so anyway, I found this out, which I was surprised. So the the second highest paid Marvel guy is Samuel Jackson. So he he gets paid apparently almost as much as Robert Downey Jr. and 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 He's Marvel on screen for like four minutes of movie. I, I know. Yeah. So apparently his rates are fucking astronomical and 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 marvel in and uh nick fury is such a big part well, a, of like pivotal. the marvel marvel universe yeah that they don't have him show up much so they 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 try and pay him because his, his rates are fucking stupid apparently um so they that's why you only see him in movies for like five minutes and uh and apparently they paid him a fuck ton of money for this uh uh, Captain Marvel movie and, and, boot and up new heroes <laughs> and people love him so much and he's such an integral part of the Marvel universe like getting characters together and, oh, yeah. and he's got a these very he's important the glue part he's the glue that, uh, that brings yeah, like him everyone so they still won't get rid of him so they're they're the, so he's he's gonna be he's gonna be slated for like a bunch of a bunch more movies um and and I, I was surprised because I was thinking Okay, maybe they maybe he shows up and they pay him like you know a million dollars to be in a movie. No. Uh, you, you know he's in there for five minutes. Apparently this guy's fucking salary to show up is is through the roof. So that's, I was like, whoa, okay, all right, Sam, you do you, Sam. That's he's getting crazy. paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. That's actually kind of nuts. I mean, yeah. I he's like put the it, second highest it, paid or some shit. I wouldn't like, put it past it up Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Jackson at all to do that. I wouldn't put it past him to do that. But I mean, to have the nuts to go all in and be like, all right, I know you need me. I'm going to be in this movie for five minutes. You're going to pay me $35 million. I don't know what I don't know what his rates are, but apparently his rates are pretty fucking stupid. His um, like, his rate isn't like his rate isn't a flat dollar thing. He got a similar deal to what Downey Jr. did for the original Iron Man because they effectively they kind of had to go in on not knowing if they were going to do well or not. So his, he gets a percentage of whatever movie he's in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Samuel L. Jackson's like, if you want my money, Downey Jr. get it right off the top. Yeah. Oh, Robert Downey's just making. I yeah, mean, that they, guy they is off just. He's like fifty mil a pop. Um, yeah, he was yeah. getting. He was. I think in the last Iron Man, he got paid fifty million dollars. Just flat out fifty mil, here's, and then whatever a, he's making on, you know, whatever. Here's an honest question for you guys, and somebody brought this up in in chat, and I don't, I don't disagree with them. 
What are your honest to God thoughts about Samuel L. Jackson as a as an actor? Do you really is, is Samuel L. Jackson a good fucking actor, or is Samuel L. Jackson just good at saying motherfucker for his entire career? Because my take, I'll let you before I ask you guys, I'll give you what my take is. I think he's one of the most overrated. Here's the joke: overrated motherfuckers uh, to have have done movies in in my lifetime. Um, yeah. I think people he's... talk him up way too much. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's got any range, and I don't think he brings much to the movies think, he's in. I think he's a character actor. Mm-hmm. He plays a very specific character extraordinarily well. Like I, I love him in Tarantino movies. Like I mm-hmm. loved him in Hateful Eight. He was fantastic Oof. in that movie. Oof, he was so like, good. So like when, when uh, so like that's my counter argument to yours. Oof, yeah, so like, good. You, 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 your argument is sound. Like I, he doesn't have range. But personally, I think. Um, for every bad movie he's done, or actually probably two or three bad movies he's done, there's something like Hateful Eight, Django, like he's got some yeah. phenomenal movies. I think I think Samuel Jackson is really good at phoning it in, and yeah. even his phone in Snakes is is enjoyable. Like you're yeah. just like it's fucking Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a better actor sure. than uh, so. than, than like Jason Statham. He's a better yeah. actor than The Rock. Yep. He's a better actor than. A lot, uh, you know, Kevin Hart and, and, and other comedic, uh, you know, Samuel Jackson can act. Yeah. He just picks a lot of roles that he can phone in and get a paycheck. And he's just that good, like, uh, you know, motherfucker. Like, it, it's hard. He's he's got he's got a niche down that it's just nice. But then when when he wants to do something meaty with like a Tarantino, Tarantino. film, yeah. He can he can deliver the chops. I mean, he just can. I mean, Samuel Jackson has got a good track record. It's just he does a lot of movies. He's like, it's it's like saying the same argument for uh for for what's his face uh, uh other black guy with all the freckles and the deep voice uh fucking Morgan uh, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. It's the same thing. Morgan Freeman can act. He just phones in a lot of fucking shit all the time. Adam Sandler's it. He's like, he I takes, can get a paycheck for doing a movie for cheap. Why yeah, not? It's, why am I going to give an Oscar performance in this in this you know B-rated movie that needs a, a a black guy that that can that has a decent draw? Like it's like even Samuel Jackson in King Kong or whatever or Kong or whatever. Yeah. It's just a phone in. It's just Samuel Jackson doing Samuel Jackson. So yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from, especially if you haven't watched enough Samuel Jackson movies, like the good ones. I can see like where you're coming from, and you're not totally wrong. Like he's phoned it in a lot, but I would say like once every three years we get like a good Samuel Jacks performance, and uh, and and also he's got the the new one coming out with uh, uh, the M Night Shyamalan uh, the uh, Glass or whatever it is. You oh know, yeah, he's yeah, got they're the, doing the Unbreakable. He, uh, it's already the other side. Yeah. it's already filmed. Yeah. So him, uh, Bruce Willis, and uh, what's his face uh, um, from McAvoy? Split? Yeah. McAvoy, I'm sure he's going to do a great job in that because it's it's a character character. It's not we're not going to have one of those Dude, his, like his, his, Sam his, Jackson motherfucker. His Ira you know? Glass was amazing. Like he played yeah. that character really well in Unbreakable. I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, so he can do it. It's just he's got to have the right material. Yeah, the I, right I, motive. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I want to clarify that I just think he's overrated because he obviously has roles where he played, like you said, he's a character actor and he plays. But I don't even well. think he's overrated because nobody puts him at a high standard. Right? I I see I see a lot of people put him outside of being a character actor. Like I don't think I think unless you're a movie buff, there's a lot of people that talk about Samuel L. Jackson as just being a high profile, you know, 
actor because that's essentially what he's 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 painted himself into a corner positively for um but it just He's not even really a name that's brought up. Like, is 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 not like whenever you talk about top A list actors or really anybody in the movie business, Samuel L. Jackson just never is really in in contention for anything notable. <laughs> uh, except when he does come out and he does a great performance, we all we all like stop and and applaud like Samuel's like, oh, performance. Shit, we're like on. we're like fuck yeah, Samuel, okay. And then when we see Samuel, it's like Morgan Freeman. It's like, oh, you know, it's fucking, it's Morgan Freeman doing Morgan Freeman. He's Samuel gone Jackson again. Samuel L. Jackson, you know, <laughs> it's not going to suck, but it is what it is. It's just, you know, sometimes you take a second and go, wait a second, Samuel L. Jackson can act, and this guy can do his thing. He's not just snakes on a plane. He's not just, you know, whatever, you know, shitty, decent, or even okay action. He's, he's never really in shitty movies. He's just in a lot of, like, eh movies that you just forget about the next day so he's yeah a movie he's in a lot of a movies not triple a just a yeah yeah he's just in some good movies or some pretty mediocre movies and he always does a good job even in star wars right he's like samuel jackson he's like you know what motherfucker if you want me to do this movie i want a purple lightsaber like you okay know, you can have yeah. a purple lightsaber like, samuel snakes yeah. on a plane he signed on to that movie because like when they gave him the script the script's title was snake on a plane but then they had changed the title to like Terror on the Pacific yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's like, like, nah, and he's like, no, no, no. I signed on to this movie called Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. And that's why he got it. <laughs> it was that's the most it. ridiculous thing Sa- ever. When Samuel wants, Samuel gets. Yeah. Speaking of mediocre movies, Robocop is getting a remake with Bloomcamp yeah. as a director. Um yeah. yeah, there you go. What do what do we think about uh, about that? I don't that's Okay, so the last the 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 <laughs> attempted reboot so we're rebooting a, we're rebooting a reboot. <laughs> no, we're rebooting well. it's 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 a it's RoboCop 2. So there it's not a reboot. Okay. It's a sequel to the original RoboCop. Okay. And and they're they're making it as if Ro- the actual RoboCop 2 doesn't exist. Okay. So they're redoing Cause what the happened? second RoboCop. Because what happened was they did RoboCop, which was uh, done by Simon Verhoeven. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And that was a very dark and gritty. That was like the one that everyone remembers. But then Verhoeven didn't come back for the remaining RoboCops. Like they pretty much just like franchise milked it, which is why you got the really shitty two, three and four. Plus a couple of really. Oh, I would say some of the TV series were actually kind of. Okay. I actually like the newest RoboCop. I'm going to oh, just go I'm so, actually going to just say I liked it. So oh. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm not going to agree <laughs> with you also. Um, I like the styling and how they did the new movie, but the problem was, um, and this is, happens a lot. I was thinking about this while I was on the shitter yesterday because I saw the article and I was like, place really excited. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening was um, the original RoboCop was really dark, but it had a lot of social commentary and there was a yeah. lot of stuff going on. Um, so that's part of the reason why it like held on because you had a lot of like social commentary with like how media was portrayed, how people were portrayed, you know, race relations, Detroit, like, all of this stuff was kind of very artfully put together in this sci-fi robot cop movie. Mm. Um, and then what happened, I think, and part of the reason why I didn't like the new one was they took all the trappings of RoboCop, you know, robotic cop, all what happened in the story, and they took the basic premise of it, and then they wrapped it in a lot of, like, 
CGI and special effects and putting it together, but they kind of miss the heart of the film that Verhoeven had put in the first one. Mm. Like it was missing like the important commentary and the critique and like going, it was just hitting plot points for this is, this is what RoboCop was. Like yeah. someone had looked at the, watched the original movie and kind of looked at it and were like, Oh, we can do that now with all the cool effects, but they missed kind of like the deeper commentary and the symbolism and what had happened in the original. So, this one, the new one that they're doing, one, they got the District 9 director. Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. I mean, listen, his last two movies sucked balls. But he grew <laughs> up on RoboCop. Yeah, but I mean, listen, yeah. if there's a guy that can do it, it's it. It's probably going to be Neil, okay? Because he's got that side. He's a sci-fi director. It's what yes. he does, okay? He came up with District 9. It's one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever to ever do it. I mean, I was like, I stroked the dick of District. No, I have the deep or Blu-ray out there. I've watched that like six, seven times. He had awesome actors. He had a great message. There was a bunch of social commentary in it. the 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 way he did the the CGI and the mech, and it was on a it small like budget. Brow beat you. Yeah, and then he was supposed to do Halo, and then that got fucked. And then he did uh, Elysium, was just like a fuck you to Halo, and he just did his own thing, and that fucking bombed. And that movie was originally supposed to be for Eminem, and then Eminem didn't have time to do it, because, and he didn't want to make time because they wouldn't do it in Detroit. And Eminem was saying, I'm only going to film it if we're going to do it in Detroit. And he said, well, we can't do it in Detroit, so that was that. And then they got fucking uh, What's-His-Face. Matt Damon to do it. And the movie was just pretty shit. And then they came up with Chappie, and Chappie was a pile of assholes. It was like a pile of fucking bolts and shit and dumps. Oh, don't and now say they're that gonna... Gabs, that's like one of Gabs' favorite movies. Oh, I like Chappie, but it wasn't a good on, movie. Man. Chappie it's was not, not a good movie, all, but I, I enjoyed God. watching it. Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, I, okay, I get it. Chappie, okay, sure. Cute, cutesy. Bad movie. Cutesy. Uh, cutesy. That's yeah. it. It's not for me. Um, and now we've got Robocop. And. They got it's, Verhoeven back on it. They at least have his original script. They do. They do. And they, they went back to his original script. They probably they're changed rewriting a few it. things. They're, they're, no, they're, not, they're doing a rewrite on it, but they're keeping the, the premise. So That's like, what I heard, yes. Uh, I'm but okay you know what? That. I'm going to be honest. I really don't care about RoboCop. I don't think many people care about RoboCop. Um, I, I thought I thought the reboot was was well done to an, to a degree. Obviously, I mean, there's things wrong with it, but it was a fun movie. It reminded me of like... The new Metal Gear Solid with the fucking ninja suits and going mm-hmm. around and cutting people up and shit. Um, what I wish Neil would do, and not I, I, I listen. RoboCop come out, sure. I mean, it's probably gonna flop. Honest to God, it's probably not gonna do very well. But anyway, I think that he and and the best RoboCop, my opinion, is a RoboCop that isn't even RoboCop. Okay, there's one movie out there. I'm see if you guys can guess what it is. I know Adam probably won't, but you might be able <laughs> to guess it. There's one there's there's one sci-fi movie out there that got remade several years ago. It came out, it was incredible in my opinion, it was incredible, it was fun. I think that movie is the RoboCop that we already got and we don't we don't need it. We don't need a RoboCop. What we need is we need another one of this movie. Oh, somebody already said it in chat, you motherfucker. Judge Dredd. I think Dread, the newest Judge Dread that came out. Oh, Carl was, Urban was yes. I thought Dread was incredible. I don't want, I I don't want any more. Law. I don't oh. want any. I don't want Dread movies. I want a Dread Netflix series. I want. Listen, I want more Dread. Like I, that's why I, I want Dread Robocop. Netflix series. Give, give me a Neil movie. Blumkamp Dread, and let him make a Dread movie that was that's like the other one. Put some more sci-fi elements of it in it without it just being in, in the there. one tower 
and and make it happen, dude. Dread Irving was pretty much like said, "I will do dread at the drop of a hat." You tell dude, me you're gonna do dread, I will drop everything and come over. Dread was Adam. If you haven't seen the new dread, dude, I've seen bits. I saw bits and pieces of it uh, dude, at one point. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's the show. It's the show. I saw the, origi- like watching- I saw the original. Yes. Oh, I mean, that yeah. one's the, the original one. one's decent. Yeah. The, I actually like the second one a lot more than the original. Yeah. The uh the 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 it was like watching the raid, but in a sci-fi badass, like just going it's basically Adam, it's him starting at the bottom of, of a massive tower and working his way up and killing and fucking people. Like it from bottom to the to the boss at top and everybody's using this drug called like uh what was properly it? in the what bounds was, of the law he was yeah, doing it, it, it yes and he would he'd be like you know you you've he's like yeah you're broken code 22785 he's like you need to go to and if you don't you don't comply you're dead right and they do stupid shit and they fuck him up but they used to they did this thing um i don't know if it's called stim or stem or whatever it was fucking it called was something some, some they, like it's this drug. dude it's this crazy drug and they would they would shoot this drug and everything would be in slow mo, so it was oh, like bullet was time slow. for the Matrix. It was like slow or something. Slow. Stupid that's like what that. it was. It was called it slow. Just called dude, slow. dude. He would walk into a room, and somebody would they do that, and then everything would be in slow motion. And the cinematography was just so well done. Like the colors were bright. It was like it. It, it looked like Borderlands, but in real life. And just seeing people's heads get blown off and shit in slow mo while they're on the drug, and you could see it in their perspective and shit, dude. It was fucking in. Incredible! I'm talking this movie up right now because it's awesome. I might it's go awesome. watch it tonight. <laughs> it's awesome, and and fuck RoboCop, make a Dread. Like Dread had to have made money. That shit I was so working good. Working on it. Ah, oh, god, I it was so working like, on something. I, I, okay, okay. Uh, I feel like I feel like before this Dread reboot was made, the the market for people that wanted to see another Judge Dredd and uh, the market who, of people who wanted to see another RoboCop were about the same size. Yes. You're talking yeah. about two not particularly high-profile but relatively well-known 80s movies that aged about as well as, as I am, which is to say not well at all. And I don't think anyone... I know when Dread first came out, the, the new the new one, and I heard that it was happening. I was like, "Excuse me, we're going back to we're going back to that fucking movie, seriously," which was probably everyone's reaction to it at the time. And and I had the similar reaction to RoboCop. I think that the I I, I just think that what happened was Dread got the uh, Dread got the better. They get the they the uh, no Dread actually got horrible marketing apparently. I, no, I don't uh, mean market. No, no, no. I'm not uh, going. With, I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that that uh, that RoboCop got the short end of the stick as far as how good the movie turned out to be, versus the reboot or the remake or the whatever you want to call it of Dread. Well, I'm pretty sure RoboCop remake actually made a couple hundred million dollars, which yeah, is insane. RoboCop made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it actually did. It, it didn't do like I think it broke even. Might have break it broken even or so. It didn't make but, as much um, as they wanted, but it made enough. Yeah, but yeah, I, I listen. I just, I just so want more Judge Dread yeah, or Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Um, should go and 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 re if they're gonna, if he's gonna reboot something. Listen, I'm happy he's getting RoboCop because I can kind of see it. But I think if he's gonna reboot something, it should be the Fifth Element. I think he oh would do a great God. job with allowed, the Fifth Element. Are you allowed to redo the Fifth Element? 
Oh, but it's Hollywood, man. You can do. You can redo whatever. Well, I know. The fuck you I, I, I know you can redo whatever the fuck you want to do. But but are or you, make a sequel. Call it the sixth you, element. Are you, are you really allowed to do the fifth element again? Like it would be, that would be. I mean, I'm That's not saying. I'm not, That's I'm not a classic, man. I'm not saying I'm against it because I enjoyed the fifth element, and I think that it would be. I think I, I think that in the the world of Guardians of the Galaxy's you know sci-fi humor thing, yeah. there was a uh, there was a decent chunk of that in the Fifth Element as well, and so I think that that plays to what we've got going on now. Yeah, Valerian. That's a good. That's actually a good point. Miyagi said uh, Valerian was basically the Fifth Element. Did you see that one? Panic Valerian. I wasn't a huge fan. We talked about it. On yeah. The oh, podcast. that's right. You that's had really right. liked yeah. it. I, was I, like, I saw it twice and I loved it. I was like, I, I'm yeah. like, I can see why it would be a fun movie, but for me personally, it felt a little bit too contrived. But yeah. other than that, it was it was it was a good. Oh, it was so much better than Star Wars Episode Eight. All right, well, if they redo, if they redo Fifth Element, who plays Corbin? Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. Jason Statham. That's that's say, that's too easy. That, that's like way too say easy. James McAvoy. I think Statham would play a good one. I don't think Statham has a funny bone in his body. I was going to give it to McAvoy. You you think McAvoy? I think he could pull it off. I think he could pull it off, too. Because you need somebody that's not too young, though, right? Yeah. But you need somebody that's not too old, either. Mm. Like Chris Rock's character. Ooh, Chris Pine's a good one, too. Yeah, Chris Chris Pine's a good one. Any of the Chris's could do it. Yeah. Pratt, Pine, Hemsworth. I don't want to see Pratt do it. I'm getting a little uh, pratted out. Yeah, I'm getting pratted out. I'm too. getting a little pratted out. He's in a little bit too many blockbusters. But as Esther, who plays uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, would probably do a good job too. He's too small. I don't think he'd fit as uh, Corbin Dallas. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Statham. I'm gonna stick with my first thought. I think Jason Statham would do a good job. Be good, Man, good, good for action. Be? be good. He's got the. Who would he's like that, that right amount of age? I think maybe a little older. Fuck, that but is yeah. such a good... Who plays Lilu or whatever her name was? Um, Scarlett Johansson? No. Margot Robbie? Please, God, no. Jennifer Lawrence? I think J-Law's a bit overdone. Right now. I feel like whoever does it has to, has to be mildly exotic looking because that's what fit in the first place, right? Yeah, she was exotic. She wasn't like some. She wasn't some plain Jane motherfucker. So she needs to be yeah. a, little, a little exo- uh, exotic. Jovovich is a little old now. I would have said yes to her like ten years ago. She might be a little old now. Ooh, Margo, what about Margot Tom? Robbie's? A, Margot Robbie's probably the best. The best answer yet. I what think. about Tom Hardy playing fucking uh, Corbin? Yeah, you could probably do it. I'm still going with Statham because Statham's. I think there's a bit too much of a. I think Tom Hardy's a little bit too serious, even like in in in, in roles that he's kind of lighter. He's still got that that bit too much of a rugged, uh, like too. What about Alexandra Daddario? I Man, thought about her. I love her. I, I, love I and her. I I I will I will never turn down seeing her on screen. I love her, but I don't think she's right for that role. I love I haven't her. Haven't seen Fifth Element in a long time. Who's 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 playing uh, who's playing Chris Tucker's character? That's what I was going to ask. 
uh, don't Chris, don't Chris say Tucker. fucking. Yeah, don't. <laughs> he hasn't aged. He probably could. Honestly, uh, yeah. Honest to God, just bring back who else does that fucking character than Chris Tucker? Kevin Seriously. Hart. That's a vote it. But I would I would not oh, want to see no, Kevin Hart that in would that. Be, no, Donald Glover. Oh, Donald Glover could play everyone in the movie. He and could I'd play that really weird character. He, he could pull it off for sure. Yeah, he could pull he'd just it do. He would just do the this is the this is America dance for the entire movie. Yeah. Like that would be good enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Man, who no, he, plays no the Kevin girl? Hurt. Fuck, that's a tough question. I I like. I still like Margot Robbie. I think. I think she could play. I mean, you yeah. see what she can do with. Uh, you know, with um, what's her face? Uh, Harley Quinn. She could definitely play uh, an out there character. Yes. I also like. Yes. I also I, like the Donald a, Glover. That is a, that I like is the a Donald good, Glover. That is a good. I couldn't see her without face makeup shit on uh, in my mind. Uh, but no, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, Margot. she's Margot Robbie, and she's hot as fuck. So I mean, you know, she's got all she's got she's all even the check got, like the same facial structure as the chick who did. Uh, yeah, did very similar. Too. Yeah, very That's why similar. It struck me the moment you said, I'm like, no, Margot Robbie could pull that off pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yes, hundred percent. So we've got we got That'd Margot cool, Robbie. Can you imagine Margot Chris Robbie? <laughs> Chris, another Chris Tucker. Another Chris fuck Tucker. It. Bring it back. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then we're somewhere between between um, Jason Statham, Statham and and Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, directed by Neil Blomkamp. There it is, Fifth Element remake. This actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it sounds pretty fucking good. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. I'd be there on the opening Thursday. I, I, yes, watching that movie. Yes, who plays Zorg? Oh, ooh, that's the last. Who major. is Zorg? Um, who Zor- who was Zorg? I don't remember the character. Zorg Zorg was um oh what's his name who who deserves Gary a thousand Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, I was gonna say a thousand oh, okay. Oscars, but he only has like one. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, that was who I was thinking the whole no. time. Yes. That was exactly who I was thinking of. And not just because I'm on a massive like erection for Jeff Goldblum as of late, but uh, that honest to God, that oh, is You know who we would you know who we would fucking it. get in this day and age? What's that guy? Who, the guy who fucking played the Joker for no, I gotta, Mars. We will freaking get him. Who? The guy who played uh, Joker. I forgot his name. Thirty seconds oh. from Mars guy. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. I, I got like be- get him. I've got a better one. This is gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna. <laughs> Somebody win. said Nicolas Cage. This yeah, is yeah. This a good one. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he'd be all right. Ridiculous role. Brian Cranston. Oh Ooh, yeah, he, can he plays him. Off. And he Ooh. crushes. Brian Cranston, man. That's I the guy. I feel, like, I feel like Brian Cranston is a bit old for the role. No, but come so is on. Jeff Goldblum. I mean, they're both old as they're hell. They're probably both in their 50s, right? I think Jeff Goldblum's in his 60s. Yeah. He might be. I think Brian Cranston crushes it, man. I think Brian Cranston's the show. He's 65, Jeff Goldblum. It's just Damn, nobody, he's aging well. Nobody knows because he's he's just he's as soon as he won the sexiest man alive back when he did fucking uh, uh, Jurassic Park, he just never stopped being like it was every year for the rest of his life. GQ mm. front and center. He is. He's aging like a champion. It's all that Jewish blood, just keeping him going, keeping the dream alive. Mm. You can't say that. No, in twenty eight, in twenty eighteen, you can't say you can't Jewish say blood. What's wrong with you? Can't say that shit. Uh, man. Yeah, 
I don't know who I would go with because they both do they both do eccentric crazy well. I feel like that role is Zorg is basically the role that Jeff Goldblum played in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I saw that. Yeah, but I'm gonna double down on Chad here and go with Nicolas Cage. Final answer. All right, I'm going Brian Nicolas Cranston. Cage. I'm just going with Brian. I'm going Cranston Jeff fucking, fucking Goldblum, right. the God himself. Yes. I'm fucking giving right. it up to the motherfucker. <laughs> I'm. I am happy that he's getting more roles as of late. Like I, like I want to see more Jeff Goldblum, but I want to see him not just do comedy for the rest of his life. I want to see him do like some something. I don't think he's going to because I think he doesn't care, and he's like in the Samuel L. Jackson thing. I'll just go for a fun paycheck. I don't know. Like I saw an interview. I what saw about an interview. Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson for for Zorg. I don't know about Zorg. Maybe he does. He does a special brand of crazy. Really, he definitely does a special brand of crazy. He can definitely pull it off. So anyway, anywho, Matthew McConaughey's too dry. I don't think he could do it. He's pretty. He's drier than a nun's cunt. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, right. Mister Black, hit me up with a little tech support. Tech support. <laughs> you didn't even get was, out of my chance was, like reset his brain. That was He's fucking, like, I need a second. Holy shit, that was as much of a phone in as fucking us saying Chris Tucker comes back to reply reprise his role as Chris Tucker in the fifth fucking element. Is <laughs> <laughs> a phone in. Uh all right, let's see what we got here. Tech support from our wonderful, wonderful Patreons, ten dollars and higher. I'm oh, to- um wait. I got one. All right, what? This this was from Postal Panda. Okay. He couldn't make it, and he couldn't oh. write it in. Okay. Because the thing wasn't up. Oh, of course. Yeah, he that's said, my, that's my what bad. is your favorite lag TV moment? Ooh. Uh, Ever. Yee. I already said on the stream, mm. mine, I, 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 I mean, there's so many, but I, one that just came to my mind instantly was when HD StarCraft got on with us and uh, and I and I was on and I did a cast with HD Starcraft because I was fanboying a little bit. I was a little nervous. And he was uh, more nervous know. than than we were, for God's sake. That poor yeah. guy trying to keep up with us two crazy fucks. Yeah. So when I was like, "Yo, HD, hit me with a noise," he went, "Bah!" It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> well, so the, I would uh, say I'd say the HD stuff was was pretty was pretty memorable for me. Mm. Hey Jeff, that blue block is moving. It is moving. That is a common one for sure. Either that uh, or the one where the when when they figured out that they were building in the wrong base. Yeah, that was a cl- that's, that's a classic. Those two, classic. Those two are my favorites. I that's still the one that's been paying my them. bills for a long time. Thank <laughs> you. Go back and watch those. Yeah, still go back and watch that one. One day I will. One day when I'm like 40, 50 years old, I'm gonna go back to YouTube and I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna reminisce. I'm gonna. It's tough. I had a couple of moments where it was just like just laughed until I cried. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had a few of those. A few of those, and those are obviously going to be like my favorite moments. As much as we had epic shit happen on Lang TV, laughing is always paramount to basically everything else. So, like my the moments that always come back in my mind are, um, uh, like trying to get like a decent order to this. Uh, Farouche was amazing because we made that a bunch of callbacks one. to that. 
Jeff's Bane impersonation, but not the <laughs> not necessarily the original. It was we. It was a couple of videos there was like, later. There was like one that month. was Michael Jackson meets was, Bane. Yeah, there was some fucking something. weird mashup that was just so dumb. Um, uh, all of them were like hit me up with that noise parts because those were always like the funny, the funniest shit. Yeah, um, it's all it's always improv too. It's like, all people, improv. People have like. People thought for the longest time that that we would come up with these things, or like it would be. It, that it was, was like no. seeing a it name was, running with the it. fucking thing, and then Jeff would just do some shit as best as he could, and that yeah. was it. And so, uh, another one of my favorites was uh, Archimedes. I mean that that shit. Yeah, that, was that a good shit one. was yeah. fucking. That's I'll magic. never mispronounce Archimedes ever again in oh my, my life. God, that shit is magic beyond belief. Um, I love how all of your favorite moments are me. It's well, like being I said, it's the, it's the, it's the, <laughs> no, it's like, it's the hit me up with that noise shit. Cause it's the, it's like yeah. the, for example, who the fuck comes up with, with Michael Jackson or, or Bane doing a Michael Jackson impersonation? Like that shit's just, yeah. that's fucking gold. And the fact that you could already not do a Bane and then try and do Michael Jackson on top of that as Bane was fucking incredible. And like, yeah. I remember you tried to do like the he he thing as Bane impersonating <laughs> Michael Jackson. And it was it just, was... <laughs> you couldn't even get you through could, it. But you could kind of see it. You could kind of see where I was going with it, though. There was like, no, it was we couldn't. that was what made it hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. And like Archimedes, yeah. like that yeah. shit's just good. So it's good. Uh, it's good shit. Outside good of that, um, outside of that, uh, there was, I think there were, there were so many like really stupid, crazy, crazy moments that, that happened. Like the probe SCV battle thing was yeah, absolutely one of my favorites. crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, fire to blaze was absolutely bonkers. Like, I don't think I ever saw that many ultras again until it became a meta thing. Like fucking four years later. Um, auditory mm, four tots. Yeah, like just there's so there's a much, lot of good stuff. Man. So much, so good much shit. stuff over the years. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. The like TV Mario Kart where I aged 15 years in the span. Of fucking, <laughs> I, I was just trolling you oh for fucking forever. God, it was bad. So yeah, there there you go. That's the that was for Postal Panda, was it? Yep. There you the guy go. that pays her bills. Another okay. another bill payer. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Uh. This is this could be an interesting one because I don't know how many. Oh well, I could kind of come up with something. Goose Goose always has such great questions. Welcome back, Goose. By the way, second month in a row, he's up to twenty bucks now. He's working his way Thanks, up the Goose. ladder. Thanks, Goose. So tell us about your most vivid memory of feeling true, guttural, visceral, unmoderated terror or fear—the most scared you've ever been in your life. Jeez, I haven't really never been super scared. I think like probably the the. Oh man, um, I have a couple that aren't really for the podcast, but I have some that are pretty funny. Well, you can go ahead and start. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So remember when those shoes that had the wheels were cool? And they weren't yes. really cool, but people yes. had them. Yes. The death machines. Yeah, yeah the death machines. Um, so I was rolling along on my little rolly shoes. I think this was like my freshman year of college or something. You had um, Heelys? My, yeah. Because um, oh. I... 
<laughs> Already well, scared. let me put it this way, man. I had long walks to my classes and shit, and I didn't want to carry a bike around, so that oh, shit worked. That's like that's like saying the people with the fucking like footboard things are like a friggin' Segway. Like, yeah, man, it's a long walk. I gotta get on this segway. Sco- whatever happened to those little tiny fucking scooters that we used to have? Those little pedal things that used to the razors. Yeah, whatever happened to those? They took they out too many. Enough? They took out too many shins. Mothers everywhere yeah. were suing that them. Definitely for... did. Definitely <laughs> did <take some> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my college was literally built into the side of a mountain, so it was great for uh, rolling down to class in the morning. Um, until one day they had closed a road that I would usually just blaze down super fast. Now, mind you, I hadn't usually gotten into the whole rollerblading thing for a while, so I'm rolling down this road, and all of a sudden I see construction barriers up in front of me. And I look to the right and realize, that's a staircase, and I'm not really sure how to stop these wheels very quickly. And then I look to the left and be like, those are cars coming up the road. So I do what any sane American man would do. Stop yourself with cars? (laughs) Pull out your concealed weapon and just start (laughs) shooting. No, man, I doubled down on my stubbornness, and I just barreled right into the construction barriers. Oh, God. Uh, it was unfortunately a moment of fear when I'm just like, I have no idea what to do in this situation. I am going to probably, and then I slammed into the barrier. <laughs> no time to think. Rip. You're just like going through all that, and all of a sudden you hit the barrier. Um, according to my friend who was walking down the uh, proper way, he just said, yeah, you literally just hit that like a sack of potatoes and flip right over it. Oh, God. Uh, it's funny what you register as fear throughout throughout life, right? So mm. when I was younger, a terrified moment for me was probably the first school dance I ever went to, right? Because you, mm. you just, you're fucking, oh. you don't, you don't want to be like a wallflower fuck boy, right? And you're, and you're doing everything, like, honest to God, the first, the first dance I remember going to, it was like. A, a big fucking production. My parents probably thought it was the funniest shit they'd ever seen in their life. It was it was almost like comedically like a movie where you're 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 trying to look your absolute best. You got a haircut before the motherfucker. You, you're you're trying to find what clothes you know you look fresh in. Mm. Uh, wear cologne for the first time because you want to smell good. The, mm. the whole because you know you're a teenager and or you're like going through puberty. You're gonna smell like Satan's asshole inside of five seconds yeah. on that dance floor. And so you're going through all this shit, and then you go to that first dance, that, and that shit was a le- was a le- legitimately terrifying. Um, from from the perspective of not wanting to like the fear of looking like like an idiot is one of the worst fucking fears. It's like when people don't want to speak in front of a crowd. It's most people would rather just off themselves than go speak publicly. It's the weirdest thing in the world. So that 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 I could say without question was definitely one of them. Another one was um, uh, that grade nine trip when we were on the ferry that was basically fucking playing wave race, but with a ferry, jumping off fucking waves and shit, and 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 everyone was projectile vomiting all over the ship. So that was pretty bad. Five hour trip turned into thirteen hours of just straight fucking hell. Half a deck was flooded because some asshole decided to leave the door open to the deck. It was absolutely terrible. So that was that, that was like a. And the only reason I felt fear, and this is this is a lesson to adults out there, is because about eight hours in when shit was getting real, and I looked at my teachers and my teachers were displaying fear, I went, Yeah, then, yep, then that's when you're like, oh now fuck. we're fucked. 
Because yeah. up to that point, they had a good face on, and then about into that trip at that point, they weren't having a good face. One of them disappeared entirely. Pretty sure they just in a bathroom the entire time, fucking vomiting. But that was when then it kicked in. I was like, all right, we could die. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then we landed, and then the hotel that we were supposed to be staying at, or the motel thing there, um, like an hour before we got there, police tape everywhere, and the, like some some dude uh, like hacked up some chick with an axe. Like, oh. Oh, okay, great. Like inside well, of an Canada hour. things. And since there was nowhere else for us to go because we were in the middle of butt fuck nowhere Newfoundland, uh, we had to stay there under police protection in the hotel. And it was a two story hotel, uh, a little motel. It's not going to call it a hotel. Um, and the bottom floor, all the doors, all the, all the rooms had doors leading out to the outside. Oh. Great. And so it was a scramble for who ends up on the top floor and the bottom floor because we're a bunch of friggin' like 13-year-olds going, holy shit, what the fuck? There's a murderer going to come in here and cut us up. So that was, and I was on the bottom floor. So uh, that was another one of those, this is just not my day type of moments. Uh, Adam, look, honestly, with the ratio and the proportions you are, which I assume you probably had all your life from when you popped <laughs> out to now, um, the statistical likelihood of you getting hit in a critical organ was very low because you're just all legs. <laughs> so it could have probably <laughs> fixed that. Uh, probably with an axe probably with an axe for sure so that was crazy and then they caught the guy an hour after we watched we watched the news from the the hotel motel room on the tv uh and it was wild it was like the most one of the most surreal experiences i've ever ever had and he was only like four or five hundred feet outside of the fucking place where we were so it was kind of it was kind of wild and then the only thing other thing i can think of was um moments right before I almost had to fight somebody. Um, so, and not, and not somebody I was, I like that was coming after me directly, but I, it was, uh, it was somebody I was defending somebody. I think it was Brian or some, some shit at the time. And we were just getting into high school and, um, one of the Spryfield specials, uh, one of the, one of the families. Gotta love those guys. One of those guys were, were, were getting into it. And and I stepped in, and uh, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm stepping in because I'm pretty sure, just based on size alone, I'm good here. But I hadn't, I hadn't had to, <laughs> I hadn't had to like. It was it was weird. I was scared for two reasons. One, I didn't. I've always had a morbid fear of of actually legitimately hurting somebody because my mom instilled that shit in me from when I was younger because I was so much bigger than all the other kids that she overreacted to everything I did so that I wouldn't. Like be physically like kids have roughhousing and play fighting, and mom was like, "My child's gonna kill somebody because he's a grown ass man, and everyone else is still fucking you know four foot eight, and Adam's six foot two. So I was uh, like, I always had that fear of that, and at the time I was like all you know big whatever, and this guy was not a very big guy, and so I had that in my mind. But then the second thing was, if this goes down. I've got a marker on my back, and the and this guy is part of one of those groups that you just you don't get away from for like the next four. No, fucking no, years. you're gonna you're gonna get yours eventually. Exactly. Yeah, so gonna, the, you're gonna get yours. Thankfully, nothing came out of that. But the fear of those two scenarios: one, literally killing the guy, and two, dealing with the consequences, whether or not that actually happened, was a a a, a, a scary, scary moment for me. So that was those were my my across the spectrum of childhood in oh, adulthood. Okay, you in brought, adulthood, I'm just white bread. So I didn't do brought, I don't do anything that scares me. You brought a couple of of memories back for me. Um, okay, I'll go. I'll I'll do two. So one of them is kind of on on Adam's side. 
um, his first one. So it wasn't wasn't a school dance. Didn't really care about those. I I was good. Um, losing my virginity. That was a very scary ordeal because when I was I lost my virginity when I was fifteen. And when I was like 14, 13, no, I wouldn't say 13, but when I was like 14, 15, um, I talked a good game, right? And I was like, I was always sort of a lazy man. I had like, you know, girls that would gawk over me and a lot of- You even had the email. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the, the tacky email. bracelet. Exa- exactly, right? So I, I, I was known <laughs> as the ladies man, right? So, you know, I, I, I was good with girls. Like I, I made out with a lot of girls. I, I got girls to send me pictures of their titties and- you know, I, I, you know, things like that. Like what I all done. young men aspire to be. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, but actually, losing my virginity was really, really scary because, okay, for one, my girlfriend at the time, I had only been dating her for like I don't even know, maybe a month, and um, I was fifteen years old. She wasn't a virgin, and I was, and. She was like thirsty, like all the time, right? And power thirst. And, and I was, I was, I was the guy that was happy with, um, you know, just making out and hanging out and feeling some titties and you know, just kind of like almost getting there, but not quite getting there. I was that kind of guy. Um, you hadn't experienced and, blue balls yet, is what you're telling me. I hadn't experienced blue balls yet. No. Yeah. And I and I actually hadn't experienced blue balls until I was like, uh, fuck, I would. Maybe I was like 23, 24. That's when I mm. first experienced real blue balls. Like mm. I thought before I had experienced blue balls, but that was not blue balls. It's I, I actually experienced them. Uh, but anyway, that's another story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I remember I was I was in her neighborhood. I was sitting at the park on the swing set, and um, I was texting her. This is back when we had like the razor phones. And I was texting her, and I said, "Hey, I'm at the I'm at the park. We used to meet up at the park, so we're sitting at the park. And I'm not going to get too much in this detail because you can go to my old Maximus story time about the actual sex. But I was sitting there on the swing, and she came over, and her parents were going to a golf, uh, some sort of golf uh, banquet or some shit. It was like a driving range and a bar mixed in one. They used to go there all the time." And uh, we were sitting there at this on the swing set, just swinging away. And it started, and and, and it it started raining. So I knew, like this girl was thirsty, right? And I knew that if I was in the house with her alone, that she was gonna want to do some shit, right? And and I was scared, like I wanted to, like I'm a guy and I wanted to, but like I was a guy and and no girl at that point had like seen my man parts. So I was like, you know, am I adequate enough? Is she gonna like fucking like I didn't know, right? I. I was watching porn and fucking dudes with fucking 15 inch dicks were like fucking chicks. And I was like, OK, you know what? Like, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm small, but I don't know what what's going on. Like, you know, I was just uh, regular questioning guy myself, shit right? that you yeah, I was just yeah, dealing yeah. with. I was dealing with dude shit that dudes deal with. Right. Yeah. 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 And so um, it started raining and I was like, fuck. And I knew for sure she was going to be like, let's go. Let's go to my house. Lo and behold, she's like, "All right, let's go to the house." And so we go to the house, and that we started her on the on the on the sofa. And she had never seen my dick before. She had never like give me a blowjob or anything. Like it was just never. So zero, it went from went zero, zero to a hundred. Went from zero to a hundred. I remember laying on her sofa, and 
she was laying there and then she just started rubbing my dick on like the outside, right? So just like on, on like on my pants. I was wearing a the mm. old baby blue North Carolina suit oh, that I used fuck to wear. Off. You did not so have anyway, those still. She was she was like she was rubbing my dick and I started getting chub, right? And and so I was getting excited. But I was I was happy with the way it was going, right? And then she started like dry humping me and shit, and I'm like, okay, I'm fucking feeling this shit. And then she and then and then she was like, you want to go into the room? And I was super super nervous, like super nervous. So yeah, I went into a room, and then the the story, the rest is history. Plays out the way it did. Could, yeah. Couldn't get couldn't get a full erection. Like it was fucking. I was putting on condoms backwards and shit at one point. It was fucked up. I was nervous as shit, but I ended up beating it up for a while. But beating it up with like a sloppy fucking like with like not, a fucking, not the you way know, you like want to beat it up the shit that you gotta like you gotta grab your dick and kind of prop it in there for yeah. a little bit and just hope that's, to God that's that the, it's the kind of dick you get when you're going round two but you yes, just want, but yes. you want to do it anyway or like whiskey dick it's like yeah, it's like it's yeah. it's a little bit between those when so Scotty's anyway. in the engineering room being yeah. like can I take it yeah, yeah so yeah. failing. So anyway, that was that, and, and then the- once I had sex, like once I did it, then then I was fine, like. Like, dude, I, I didn't care at that point. I was like, fuck it. And I only had sex with her the one time. One time. That was it. I couldn't even. I, that was it. Like, she got, like, the worst version of me ever. But uh, beyond that, at that point, like, once it was done, it was like this big buildup where it was like, you're, I was 14, 15 years old, and I was watching a ton of porn, and I and I was trying to figure, like, I didn't know if I was going to do this right. I didn't know what she was thinking, and I, you know, that was that. And that was scary. That was really, really scary. So that's, like, one funny scary. For sure. Um. The other scary, um, what was your last story about? Because it reminded me of something else that, uh, that was scary to me. The Axe Murderer. The no, Axe Murderer. Was that, was that the last one? No, yeah. it was the fight. Was oh, the, yeah, fight. the fight. Oh, the fight. Oh, yes. That, thank you. So um, in high school, okay, so I was I was sort of the same same sort of thing where I was a popular guy amongst the not popular people. I was mm. never in the circle like the fucking, I was never in the hood rat circle. I was never in like the popular kid circle. Um, I was in the circle of rejects or like the circle of nerds. You were and the I was Microsoft Zune of MP3 players. There you go. There you go. I was that guy, right? I was the Napster before LimeWire or whatever, right? So, so I was that guy. So I, I had a lot of friends and I was respected and I was feared by 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 certain people. But then there was like another ladder. Uh, of of assholes and fucking hood rats and probably the same type of people that were fucking with you. So um, I remember one time in particular, and I was never much of a fighter. Okay, I I have, I fought a handful of times in my life, and I was never a guy that walked around and act tough. I was a guy that was I was more of an instigator, but I was more of a class clown. So I was like the dude that would just kind of poke fun and 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 that was that. I wasn't the guy that would like say meet me at the fucking flagpole at three thirty and let's throw down. I wasn't that guy. It never really came to that, but but one time in particular, I was on lunch break, and I was with me, and um, I remember Ahmed was there, Savory was there, um, a bunch a bunch of guys that would actually fight and throw down for your boys. Like there's, I had certain guys that were like, okay, if I had if we had to fight somebody, you know, we would fight somebody for each other. But there was yeah, yeah. it was like a small circle, like like you standing up for your boy, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like it's one of those friends. So we were. This was like when we started doing rap battles and shit, and we were we were we were doing rap stuff. So you got to uh, be hard as nails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so anyway, there was a group over in Sackville, right? They went to oh, like Sackville hired so. shit, like bunch of Sacktown fuckboys, and <laughs> and and uh, and we were Spryfield fuckboys, right? So it's just like yeah, fuckboys versus fuckboys, right? It's bad. So uh, 
there is these sackful guys and we were talking shit to each other about battle rapping. We're like, dude, we'll fuck you up in a track, blah. And then one of those little shit stains was like, we'll fuck you up in real life, bitch. And I was like, fuck you. Like, meet us meet us somewhere after school then, right? And he called my bluff. He was like, fuck yeah, then let's go, bitch. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. So that didn't go, <laughs> that didn't go the way I thought. And of course, my boys were all gassed up. They're like, yeah, oh, man, we'll fuck, we'll fuck up these mother... And like, you know, a couple of the guys there, they didn't give a fuck. They'd throw down oh, for yeah. whatever, right? Oh, they didn't care. Sure. Like, they didn't give a shit. Nothing to so lose. So I was like, I was like, all right, you know, we'll go there after school. So we made we made a huge error, okay? So after school, we went to the the um, the hood. We went to the hood rats, the tough hood rats of JL, right? And we said, uh, "There's these guys from Sackville that's that's talking shit on us on our school, right?" And, we, and we we're like, "You know, you want to come fuck up these guys with us?" So we told we told the big heads that you don't want to you don't want to mix, like you don't even want to be in the same conversation. Like, you you know people in real life that are doing some fucking shady shit and you just decide not to engage in conversation with them. You just go along with your life. They leave you alone. You leave them alone. They're fighting their war and you're just kind of talking about their war that they're fighting behind yeah. closed doors and you don't yeah. go near it. Well, we fucked up and we invited those people. <laughs> so, of oh course, God. what they said is they're like, oh, fuck yeah. We're going to fuck these guys up, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting all gassed up. So I get in my Civic, <laughs> old 91 Civic, and our car is filled. And we meet them out. They meet us halfway. I remember this. Right out in uh, Clayton Park, actually not far from uh, where I used to live on on uh, on, on uh, Parkland. So there was, a, there was a school up that way on one of the side streets. So we get there. We I show up my Civic. And then the, the one of the guys, I don't want to name drop anything, but one of the, one of the guys, the bat, one of the tough kids shows up with a group full of guys and one's got a baseball bat. Like these guys are, you can smell weed coming out the car. Like these guys are like ready to fuck shit up. Right. And I get out of the car, they get out of the car and they're like, where are they? I said, they said they're going to meet us at the playground. So we go over to the playground. It's like this little play area and we're, we're all just kind of standing there waiting for five minutes or whatever. So at this point, I realized that these fuckers are not going to show. And I text the guy that was supposed to meet us down there to fight. And I said, where are you at? We're fucking here. And we got our crew. Like, let's go before the cops show up and shit. And he said, he said, fuck you. You know, uh, you guys wasted your time and blah, blah, blah. It basically punked us. Like, they didn't sh- it was a no show. So I went and told sort of the pack leader of this of this group, the, the other car that, yeah, they're, they're a no show guys. Like they, they fucking, they, they fucking squealed on us. Um, so that didn't go, that did not sit well with them. Right. And the only thing that I remember him saying, and I wasn't even thinking about this at the time, right. The only thing that came out of his mouth was, well, somebody's got to get fucked up. Right. And, and I, and, and I was and I didn't think about it, but then, uh, Ahmed goes, we should leave. Right. And I could tell that these guys wanted to fight. Like, they were like, somebody's getting fucked up, and nobody, they didn't show up to get fucked up, so guess what? I'm looking around, and the only other people that are getting fucked up right now are you guys. We literally ran to my car and beelined it out. I remember looking to the right, those guys started running into their car and get it and started speeding up after us. They chased us all the way back into Spryfield, oh, wow. and at the time, that at the time, 
there was an old chicken put burger. That, that to put that into perspective. That's like a 25-minute drive. Uh, oh, 20 minutes. Wow. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, 20 minutes. So we're we're I'm literally speeding through the city trying to lose these guys. And I know that I'm going to have to face them at school. I'm fucked either way. So I remember getting getting to the chicken burger, which is now the um, uh, the shoppers, you know, where uh, Brian's uh, mom works. So um, at the time, it was old chicken burger, but it was shut down. It, it just shut down and um, or like an old Harvey's or whatever. And it shut down and uh, we I sped in there because I lost them. Finally lost them. Parked in the back. A med gets out. Savory gets out. The boys get out. And they start walking back up towards Cowie Hill. And all of a sudden, I see dude Civic come flying around the corner. He gets out and he says, somebody's getting fucked up again. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything right at this point. I'm, I'm my heart's pounding. I'm scared because now he's got my car blocked. I can't get out. I'm already outside of my car. A couple of my boys are already halfway up the street. Right. He said, well, we're fighting somebody. Right. And he said, who's the one that told us about it? And it was actually a med who told this guy about this fight. So he said, he said, somebody's getting fucked up. And he said, the person who told me about this is going to fight me. Right. And I'm like, fuck. And so he's like, you better call a med and tell him to get down here. So anyway, I text the med and I said, yo, a med like, you know, this guy won't say his name, but this guy wants to fight you um, because you told him about this. I know it's not fair. Ahmed was a fucking trooper. He's like, yeah, man, I'll come down and I'll fight him. So, so Ahmed comes down and, you know, God bless Ahmed because these guys look like they wanted to fucking kill somebody. He's good. He's a good, he was a good dude. A little misguided, but a a fucking good dude. He's a good fucking dude. So he comes up and, and the guy that was talking about wanting to fuck somebody up, he didn't even do the fighting. It was another guy behind him who's an even scarier dude, right? That was like, let me fight him. So they square up, right? And and Ahmed doesn't want to fight him. So Ahmed has his glasses on, and this dude standing in front of Ahmed is like, take your glasses off or they're going to get smashed, right? He basically told him, like, take your glasses off. And Ahmed, that was like the last hurdle before this fight gets started. He was holding on to it for dear life. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, man, I don't want to fight. Like, I'm sorry. And he kept saying, like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And he's like, dude, take off your glasses or I'm going to sucker you, right? So he took off his glasses and Ahmed put his put his hands up and Ahmed didn't even throw a punch dude fucking clocked him just fucking laid him right on the right on the pavement and I'm like fuck right so anyway the other dude that was talking shit says now it's your turn he looked at me and I'm like bro I didn't fucking do nothing I'm like these guys didn't show up so I beeline it I fucking jump into my car I drive over a curb because the guy's like blocking my way and I just remember driving down down Heron Cove flying down and they started throwing rocks in my car in the middle of traffic and there's a bunch of fucking cars out there <laughs> ends up hitting the back of my car and I go home all right and there's still like two of us in the car I run at I run home I get inside I'm all out of breath my mom like moms know when shit is going down I don't of know course. how it is but moms just know moms just know so uh my mom goes what the fuck is going on here and I basically just fessed up I said this is what happened today this guy wants to fucking beat me up. He's twice my size. He was like a senior in, in, in fucking high school. I was grade 10. I didn't want to fight this dude. And same with, with you. Like, this guy is bad news. Like, 
this is the type of dude that I don't know where he is today, but it's probably either in prison or he's out fucking snorting cocaine in Calgary somewhere on a fucking oil rig. I have no idea. All right. But this is just a guy you don't want to fuck around with. So I was like, mom, this is not good for me. Like I was basically like, I'm going to have to face this guy tomorrow. So anyway, he gets on MSN Messenger and messages me. I, he adds me on MSN. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm Shout fucked. out to MSN so Messenger, by the way. I add oh him. My God. And he goes, he goes, um, he goes, I said, dude, like, I don't want no trouble. He said, listen, there's a way that you get out of this. And I was like, okay, what, what is it? He's like, you got to pay me my gas money that I used to, to fucking, to, to get over to where we were to fight and back. And I said, well, how much is that? And he said, 20 bucks will cover it. My mom literally gave me $20 and drove me to his house. My mom drove me to his house. My mom got out of the car, sat, I'm like, mom, please don't come up to the door. Like, this is already embarrassing enough. Like, I'm fucking (laughs) like 15 or 16 years old and I'm bitching out here. I'm fucking paying a dude off basically not to smash my face in. So I get up she and and put it in a little envelope, right? <laughs> and and I go up to the door, I knock on the door, he answers the door and I'm thinking, "All right, I'm I'm probably have to fight this guy right now. I'm going to get beat up and jumped or whatever." Nope. He op- he opens the door. He says, "You got my money?" I said, "Yeah." I gave him the money. Boom. Never he never spoke of it again. Never caused any trouble with me ever. <laughs> and that was the show. Basically paid off a guy $20 to not beat me up. You paid him gas money. Fair I paid enough. him gas money, and that's and he said that's what it was all about. I'm like, okay, you know, if that's, that's and my mom will even my mom will probably remember the story too. That's the like most the only- Canadian ass end to a fucking crazy situation. Because yeah. you gotta you gotta understand, all right. Look, you gotta understand is that where Jeff and I went to school, there there are or were at the time less now. Two warring families that have been going at it now for about three generations, and they're both families involved in some shady, shady, shady shit. Um, And then there are some peripheral people that are associated with them, also obviously involved in some some shady shit, and they start young... And yeah. and they they learn young that or they decide young that they have nothing to lose. So all of them are uh, or were. Um, they're more, bad. They're bad news. They're more. They, they're more they give likely. Zero fucks. It's more likely that it's, it's it's yeah. There's a high. There's a high probability chance if you got if you tangle up with them. Like let's say for example that. Ahmed, when he comes back to fight this guy, and Ahmed was a pretty big dude to begin with. He obviously, yeah, he was. He's not he a just, small guy. He just didn't have any fighting skills to save his life, obviously, because the dude just laid his ass out. Uh, the, reality, the reality there is, if the tables had turned, and for whatever reason, Ahmed managed to win that fight. Oh, there was no winning it. You have to lose that fight. You're you fucked. have to lose that fight. In, in a much to. in a much worse way because they're the type yeah. of people now that that they're just going to come and they're just going to fucking break your kneecaps and shit like they're they're you're yeah. you're in a bad you place. better you better if you're not if if you're not knocked out you better act knocked out you, like, better, you better you better take a shot yeah. and, and act like it fucked you up yeah because that's the only way they're going to let it go you that's take, it you got to take yeah. a fall you can't you cannot best one of those guys because. They're coming back for you. Like it's they're coming back for you. It's not gonna be good. They're gonna yeah. like that's not gonna be good. So, so no, there's no way so that, that, that was that was the group of people that I was dealing with, and it was our fault for for some reason wanting to bring them in on this because we knew that they were the tough guys and we were new to high school. Like we didn't fucking get it. Like we just didn't but we learned real quick. We fucking learned. So uh, uh shout outs to Ahmed for taking it taking one for the team. 
And uh, and shout outs to my mom for giving me twenty bucks so that I didn't get my ass beat. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was very scared. So yeah, I was very very scared. <laughs> somebody said very pepper. Scared. Somebody said pepper spray. Let me tell you the ways that that the oh, well, probably the only things that you could have chosen to do worse than than physically try and win that fight would to be use pepper spray or a taser <laughs> yeah, or no, anything no, no. else yeah. because no. you're going to go get badly. it worse. It's it's whatever you do, you're going to get it worse. So if you pepper sprayed a motherfucker, you just. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 to put this in perspective, nobody in our in, 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 with the people that we went to school with, nobody was using pepper spray. It was in vogue to use bear spray. Yeah. Oh my god. So if the standard was bear spray, like, what's up from that other than just getting shot? Really, at that point, so yeah. Y- yeah. You don't. You don't. You just didn't. You just took your. Yeah. You took your lumps like a med. You went there like a champion, and yep. you just fucking. And take Ahmed, it. you know what? Shout us to Ahmed because he literally owned up. To it like he was like dude i told him about this and it it wasn't even like i had to have it he was in the clear dude he was already on his way home there was no way they're gonna get him that night and and he he, when i told him like you know this dude wants to fight you because you told him about it he said yeah man i'll be right back and he walked right like you could see him walking down the street and and my buddy matt was walking with him and i'm like oh fuck and he did not say bro i can't go down there he didn't say nothing he didn't fucking say he didn't hum and haw he didn't say put him on the phone he just said all right and he went down there and he fucking squared up like a g like a fucking g man fucking hero he's like the, a he's, fucking g man he's the fucking like hero. you know like i didn't appreciate that so much until I just told the story again because when you're fucking 15, 16, and he was younger than me. He's like a year younger than me. Yeah, yeah. When you're 15 years old and you're fighting one of the most feared guys, like the scrapper of the school, and you're fucking taking one for your boys, you're the fucking man, bro. You're the fucking man. You did not what any of us were willing to do. You took your lumps for your boys. You owned up to what you did, and you lived to... To, to fight another day you know what i mean it was just it was it's inspiring i'm actually like surprised it. that he got away with what he did yeah he just got punched he just got fucking he got punched out and went down and then you know stumbled back up and he had a bloody nose and, and walked home that was it he didn't mouth off nothing and then i ran like a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and then you paid up another way and then i fucking paid up with my wallet but it just goes to show how silly as crazy as those situations could be how silly that that shit all is because at the end of the day we're talking about a, a, a situation where a guy was so angry he wanted to straight lay people out and do damage but mm-hmm. then after some cool down time decided that 20 dollars in gas money was cool was was cool enough 20 bucks gas money that was it I thought for sure when he had me on MSN, it was it. Like, he's like, you're going to fucking get it after school tomorrow. Like, I'm going to see you. Like, you're fucked. But nah, it was, it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, done. I was in his house within 10 minutes. And he was he didn't even live far. He was like fucking four streets up. And that was the show. Paid him off. Uh, and it's funny, too. Whenever I drive down that street, I always, like, think of that. Always. Whenever I see that house, I always think, like, fuck, that's where I, that's where I bitched out and paid off a guy not to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> where I kept my face bones where they needed to be. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much, so. yeah. Yeah. Um last question. We'll wrap it up. Like a trailer truck. Uh where was the question? I had it here and it was gone. Oh. Corey. Hundred and sixty dollar lifetime support. Let's go. 
Mm. Said, who is your favorite actor and or actress and what is the favorite role that they played? I, I, I choose this for you guys because you're going to have a better chance. I'm going to try and think, but I'm one of those like, I'm one of those guys that I, I don't have like a specific actor. I just, there are people that did roles and I just like that thing. I have actors I like, but I don't know if I have like a yeah. favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh man. Hard to narrow it down because we watched so many movies. Yeah. Uh, Jeff's Denzel's pretty close. Yeah, I'm probably going to stick with Denzel, though he's probably not my favorite now. Uh, but I'll say Denzel and... Rip me off. My favorite movie that he was in. I really like John Q, and I like Training Day. So I'm, I'm going to cheat and say two. So those two. But yeah, he's probably not my favorite actor now, but I still love him. Like I'll still go and see what what everything that he, that he puts out. But I guess like all time, I'll stick with Denzel. It's a hard one for all time. Um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna go with Keanu and John Wick just because of his work ethic. Like the dude puts in work. Like I again, his acting is not anything incredible, but I I, I enjoy his movies. Like I, I, that's that's where I'm going. It's with not my a head bad right choice. Now. It's not yeah. a bad choice. He just goes all in. Adam, I'm thinking. I mean, uh, three seconds on the clock. I'm going with Rob Williams. Oh, good choice. And. I don't know which role I, I liked of his the best. I mean, Goodwill Hunting is my top three movies of, of all time, but I don't know if that's my favorite role that he did, but it would be, I'm sure it would be awfully fucking close regardless. Um, yeah. I think I have to, I, I think I have to go with, with Robin Williams. I, I don't, I don't know of any other person that was so, uh, so good at, at, uh, at pulling off the the crazy range of comedy and 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 kind of serious acting that he did, uh, there are people that do a pretty good job, but I think he did, I think he did it better than anyone else. And there was something about I I still think it, like he he drew from his he drew from his life for both his humor and for his serious roles in a way that uh, that just translated to screen. Yeah, like there's nobody like there's not there's not another Rob Williams. Like you can't you can't just pull that shit out and, and be like this person is like Rob Williams. He was his own his own person uh, for sure. I think I'm going to go Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go with with that, I think. And then I I the the more I've seen him in Leonardo DiCaprio, as much as mm. I don't want to say Leonardo DiCaprio, because Feels I feel good. like it's no, like a, like a, it's not a cop out, but it's kind of like saying that, that, you know, Samsung is your favorite TV manufacturer. It's yeah. like, it's like everyone's like, everyone likes yeah, Samsung, but he's everyone good. like he's iPhone, good, everyone is, is he's, but he's just fucking Leonardo good. DiCaprio and Django Unchained is probably my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio I've ever seen. That's a crazy good Leonardo it's DiCaprio. so fucking good. Actually, man. I'm going to amend it. Um, <clears throat> Tom Cruise, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, that's good too. 
for That's Tom Cruise is Last Samurai for me is my favorite. That movie, that movie, that movie, that movie is always going to be Edge of Tomorrow. It's not going to be Live Die Repeat. Mm. Edge of Tomorrow Forever. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. There it is. There it We're is. at three hours. That's the show. I am tired. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet. So I'm oh, going to go shit, and, I gotta eat. and get some food and edit this podcast and turn my air conditioner on before I die of heat stroke. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. As always, you have been uh, a pleasure. I'm going to eventually get up to this dated end screen. I'm not even going to. At this point, it's a fucking meme that I haven't updated. I'm just going to say it's never getting updated again. These are the names go. that are there. For, I'm going to put this on a poster. Put it up behind me in my in my office. Uh, but let me get the uh, the updated list here. That I wish the website could update properly, but that's that's a hundred percent on Patreon for wanting me to refresh that token every fucking five minutes. It's so dumb. Where here we go. Here we go. So shout outs as always, Jetrix for his eight point five million dollar contribution. Postal Panda not far behind with eight point six. Yes, I know that's more. That was the joke. I'm sorry, I'm hungry and tired. Matt Miller, Chico Martin, uh, Black Jimmy, Toto Steel, Jorbach, Jamaican Jazz, Adam Barlow, Derek Payne, uh, as well as the uh, the old uh, guards like Mr. Miyagi and Soft Shoe and, and Will and several others. Like Klaus, there's just so many people. Hunter, Nikki, and Saren. Just, we, have, we have like approaching 10 to... Or approaching twenty people that are in like the three hundred plus range. It's just shit is shit is very real. So thank you all. You guys are amazing, uh, as always. We'll see you guys next week for another technical alpha. Same time as always. And uh, until we see it, stop on by technicalalpha.audio or technical uh, alpha's Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/technicalalpha if you want to join in on the madness. And uh, yeah, until next week, have a good one. Peace!